the Mind in my business, so worry about your own. Stick with the fast food, cause I am homegrown. Boy is hand-breaded, got too much soul. Grandma's foot in it, bless her heart and soul. Over your head, well, it's out of my hands. You are beneath me, you don't understand. Keeping it real, cause I can't help it. Sometimes you just got to be a bit selfish. Sometimes you just got to be a bit selfish. Sometimes you just got to be a bit selfish. Keeping it real, cause I can't help it. Sometimes you just got to be a bit selfish. Hey guys, welcome back to the 40 Ounce Fridays podcast. This is episode 106. Uh, we're all down for the fun and games today. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to go over, all leading up to the big uh, Kendrick Lamar album re- review, essentially, because we were hyping that up uh, last episode, or at least I was. I was hyping the shit out of that motherfucker. Yeah, I was talking shit. <laughs> uh, spoiler <laughs> alert, the album is amazing. Um, anywho, but uh, in all seriousness, we wanted to start off, uh, hate to, you know, start it off with some, you know, more serious sad and uh sad news but we gotta talk about it because this literally happened yesterday we're recording this uh may 15th so it is sunday this happened may 14th on saturday uh this comes from the buffalo news uh it was updated today like 51 minutes ago uh by lou michael ben sujimoto and maki becker buffalo's worst mass shooting takes 10 lives leaves three wounded Attack called a racially motivated hate crime. So just to give you a quick thing before I go deeper into this article. Yesterday, as of this recording yesterday, uh, man, I'm not going to be saying his name or his Twitch handle or anything. Fuck that nigga. He doesn't deserve to be talked about. Uh, Young guy, white dude, uh, went down to a, a supermarket in Buffalo and with an assault rifle, and just started shooting people, targeting black people, specifically targeting black people. Not only that, he live streamed it on Twitch. Uh, he drove hours out to the store in Buffalo and he was streaming that whole time. And nobody in the stream chat said fucking anything, didn't call the cops or anything. So I just want to start off by saying, fuck that guy, fuck anyone in that chat because you did nothing to stop this. You're absolutely disgusting. Um, but anywho, 10 people were gunned down at a Buffalo supermarket Saturday in a horrifying mass shooting that officials were quick to label as pure evil and racially motivated. The shooting stunned a community basking in a warm May afternoon, the sh- with shoppers filling the, top, filling the tops in a predominantly black neighborhood at 1275 Jefferson Avenue. Uh, quote, it's the weekend, so it was packed. End quote. Chanel Harris, uh, operation manager working at the tops during the shooting, told the Buffalo News. Harris said that when she heard gunshots, she ran frantically through the store, falling several times before exiting out the back. When she saw the shooter, whom she described as a white man wearing camouflage, quote, he looked like he was in the army, she said, end quote. Oh, God, all these ads are popping up. I apologize. Uh, where? I lost my place. Okay. Uh, She said she thought uh, she heard 70 shots. Out of 13 people shot, 11 were black and two were white. Buffalo uh, Police Commissioner Joseph 
Gramaglia, sorry if I'm butchering any of these names, said, Most of the victims' identities weren't released as of late Saturday night. However, sources told the news that one of the dead was Aaron Salter, a recently retired Buffalo police officer working as a security guard at the store, while another is Ruth Whitefield, or Whitfield, the mother of a former Buffalo fire commissioner, Garno Whitfield. The shooting is the worst in Buffalo history. Quote, we are hurting and we are seething right now as a community. End quote. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown said at a news conference following the shooting. Catherine Crofton, a retired firefighter and medic, witnessed the shooting from her porch on Riley Street. She said she was playing with her dog and smoking a cigarette when she heard a shot. Quote, I didn't see him at first. I turned around and I saw him shoot this woman. End quote. Crofton said. Uh, she continues, she was uh, she was just going into the store, and then he shot another woman. She was putting groceries into her car. I got down because I did not know if he was going to shoot me, end quote. For those shot were store empo- four of those shot were store employees. The dead included uh, the security guard and confront- who confronted the government, um, Grandma- Grandma- Glia reported. Grandma Glia hailed Salter as a hero. The three injured victims were taken to Erie County Medical Center. A hospital spokesman said one was released and two others were in stable condition Saturday night. As the shooter exited the Tops Market, uh, Brayden uh, Capart and Shane Hill came almost face to face with him as they pulled their car into the parking space in the Tops lot. The shooter looked like he was preparing to kill himself, Carpet said. Quote, He was standing there in his military gear with his weapon to his chin, looking like he was going to blow his head off. Uh, End quote. Carpet said he continues. We weren't sure what was happening as he continued uh, to do that. He dropped to his knees, still appearing as he might shoot him as if he might shoot himself. Uh, Capart said she looked away momentarily as police yelled at them to get back in their car. When Capart looked back, she said it appeared officers had tackled the man. Crofton saw the emergency responders arrive too. Uh, quote, the guy walked out of the store. The cops were just screaming. Damn ads. Uh, the cops were just screaming at him and he just stood there. He just stood there. It was like he wanted them to shoot him. End quote. Crofton said, uh, the shooter began to remove his gear. Crofton continued. Uh, when another police car pulled up, officers, officers got out and jumped on him. Uh, The accused gunman was arraigned Saturday evening before Buffalo City Court Judge Craig Hanna on first degree on a first degree murder charge. Uh, He was identified at the court. I'm not going to say his name. Fuck this man. Uh, The local head of the FBI, Stephen Bologna, Bologna, I'm sorry about these names, said that agency is a... uh, the agency is investigating this uh, both as a hate crime and a racially motivated violent violent uh, extremism. It was uh, Erie County Sheriff John Garcia said straight up a racially motivated hate crime. Garcia added this person was pure evil. At least four bodies were found in the parking lot. A police office, a police official at the scene said inside the supermarket, several other victims were found, sources said, and some of the deceased appeared to be hiding near cash register lines. Quote, it's like walking onto a horror movie, but everything is real. 
It is Armageddon-like, a police source told the news. It is so overwhelming, end quote. Erie County, County District Attorney John J. Flynn said investigators have collected evidence showing racial animosity was behind the attack. A racially motivated hate crime is abhorrent to the very fabric of this nation, President Biden said in a statement released late Saturday night. Any act of domestic terrorism, including an act uh, perpetrated in the name of a repugnant right nationalist ideology, is to everything, uh, is anti... Sorry, I'm tripping over my own words. Uh, We stand in America. Hate must have no safe harbor. Photos from inside the courtroom show a man sitting in a white paper gown and wearing a white face mask. The accused shooter, who turns 19 next month, he was 18 years old, fucking wild, bro. Jesus. Has a minimal online presence under that name. Uh, He was a student at Sunny Broom Community College, but said he is no longer studying there. A college spokeswoman did not elaborate on when he attended the school or when and why he left. Uh, Quote, I have confirmed that we have a former student by that name. They are no longer enrolled. Sylvia C. Briga, Director of Marketing Communications and Public Information at Sunny Broom, said in an email. A hate-filled 180-page manifesto uh, purportedly, uh, purportedly written by the accused shooter circulated on social media in the hours after the mass shooting. The Buffalo News could not immediately verify its authenticity. Governor Kathy Hochul, who flew from Albany to Buffalo Saturday evening, described the mass shooting as an act of terrorism. I'm glad we're calling out for what the fuck it was. It strikes us in our very heart to know that such evil lurks out there, she said at a press conference. Yes, I'm here to console the families and the community that is feeling so much pain right now. But mark my words, we'll be aggressive in our pursuit of anyone who subscribes to the ideals professed by other white supremacists. Hotel then took aim at social media sites that support those views. Those who provide these platforms, she said, have a moral and ethic and I hope to have a legal responsibility to ensure that such hate cannot populate these sites because this is the result. Yep. Police sources reported the shooter was dressed in body armor, had milita- had a military-grade helmet on his head, was armed with a high-powered rifle, and live-streamed the video of the attack. It's like a dream, but I know it's not a dream, said Harris, the top's operation manager. GYC uh, Ministries pastor Tim Newkirk, with his arm around Harris, his sister said, it's something you hear about, but you never experience. You see it on TV. I never thought I'd be one of them, Harris said. Harris, whose daughter Denise also works at the supermarket, was found safe behind the building. I just grabbed her. I hugged her. End quote. Jesus. Uh, new staff reporters, Aaron Becker. Okay, and then that was that was the end of it. So, I know that took up, you know, like, it took up like 10 minutes of time, but it, it's something that needed to be addressed and talked about. Uh, even if we don't have, like, a major input, just us, you know saying like yo this is fucked up and you know being a black person myself like seeing just continued racially motivated attacks just being put out there like that and the fact that it was live streamed 
And, like, this isn't me going after Twitch because I believe the live stream was taken down, like, very quickly after the whole thing went went through all the way. Like, it was finally reported and the video was taken down. Of course, people have, like, videos that they've been trying to upload. Uh, fuck that. Yeah. So, like, don't do that. Don't do that. These people did not go outside to just be shot and then filmed being shot. Like, don't fucking do that. Um... And it's, just, it's, we keep saying it and people are just like, you're just nothing. Like racism is still very strong, alive and well. And it's more put out there than ever. People are very nonchalant with their like hate and these terrorist white nationalist beliefs. Uh, I believe there's also reports that there's like a discord group that he was in full of other people with like, you know, the same minds for this kind of stuff. So it's it's just fucking wild to me, and the 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 thing that just hits me the most is that he drove hours out here. He chose to come here because he knew black people were going to be there. He chose to go with a rifle in his car, full body armor. He knew what the fuck he was doing. This wasn't some random attack. It wasn't some crazy lone wolf. He knew what the fuck he was doing. This was an act of terrorism. Fuck that guy, and fuck everyone in his chat for not fucking calling the cops and saying. Hey, there's this live stream going on, and this dude has a gun in his car, and he said he was going down to a store to shoot a bunch of people. Like, any of you could have called the police, and you probably could have saved those people. Most, if not all. Like, nobody had to get shot. This is fucking ridiculous to me. And so, it's just... Again, I don't blame Twitch, because it's not Twitch's fault that this happened. Um, a lot of people want more of a statement from Twitch... And I think it'd be like respectful of them too. I don't know if they have or not. Don't don't say I don't quote me on that. I don't know if they have or not. But also, it's not Twitch's fault that that yeah. happened. This guy chose to be a piece of shit. And again, anyone in his chat could have stopped this. And also, it, it's I try to be like a very positive person and see the good in everything. I do. A lot of people think of me as a lot of friends think of me to be negative at times. And it's just like, not really. I just point out a lot of negative bullshit. So I tend to kind of lean towards being more aggressive with stuff like that. And I try to see the good in everything and just saying like, no, no, no. He meant like this shit makes me feel like, like, you know how niggas are just like, no, them, them anime villains kind of happen. It's like sometimes, bro. I, I, yeah. Because like, what the fuck? There's people even online, like for art, when the article's being shared, about like articles being shared about the event. There's people like fucking laughing at this and telling jokes and comments. Like it, Jesus. That's, like that's something fucking okay to do on Twitter and on Facebook. You guys are fucking disgusting. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? It's um I from what I understand too, I know a lot of it is coming from like there's this weird fear that the white Aryan man is going extinct. And so there's some processes of, like, we need to exterminate others so they don't take over. And, like, uh, white people aren't going anywhere, so calm your fucking tits. Yeah. One, and two, like, what the f- It's just so baffling. Like, what- We're not- Nobody's going extinct. Like, some people are because of your actions. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Ridiculous. Yeah, they they really have, like, that thought process of just, like, they're they're trying to snuff out the white man. It's like, other populations are increasing and flourishing now because they're been given more of a right to do so. It's not hurting you. 
Yeah. Like, like it's not hurting you at all. Like, it's not... It, you're seeing more of a tilt in population because we're being allowed to... Well, clearly we're fucking not. Yeah. Because, but... It's like, have these people, these fucking fuck nowhere Utah fucking residents are sitting there and, uh, like, a Latino family moves in and instantly it's like, oh, it's taken over. And it's like, the world is expanding. Cultures are breeding. Mm-hmm. Cultures are merging. And... It's something people are going to have to get the fuck over yeah. because guess what? Your culture of like, yeah, your fucking racist culture isn't going to go anywhere either. Guess what? It sucks. I wish I could eradicate it, but it's not going to be. So you have nothing to be afraid of, but fuck you. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Oh my guys. <laughs> and it's like shit like this keeps happening and people keep saying like, well, where's the, like people really, I, I know a lot of people will, will say like, people don't say that a lot of people do in fact say like, well, racism isn't that big of a deal anymore. And to that, I would say, what well, what about this? Yeah. And also like even in smaller portions, like personally at work, I've never had, you know, anyone say anything racist to me because they wouldn't say it to my face, but I've had coworkers tell me like, uh, like one of my coworkers, he's a white guy, cool guy, cool fucking dude. And I know he's a cool fucking dude because he'll, uh, like sometimes customers will come in and say stuff. And then when they leave, be like, Dude, fucking white people, bro. <laughs> like he is—he's fucking just as annoyed with it. He'll be like, you know how like like he'll he'll he would come up to me and be like, you know how like white people will be like, they'll see another white person and they think it's okay to like say shit. Oh my god, yeah. And so like he people talk to him about shit like that all the time when like he's like the only one up front or something like that. Like like he's about to agree with them, and they be saying some outlandish shit, not just to like about black people, but about like. Uh, like other cultures just yeah. all together as as a white man this 100 percent happens bro i work at a fucking bagel shop <laughs> and racism just goes in and out constantly there's um <laughs> there was like it's not really a racist moment but i was at in line to get a costco pizza the other day well mm-hmm. yesterday right and this fucking white dude gets into the paying for cash line with his receipt at the order ahead Set little section. Yeah. So he's waiting in the line. It's a really quick line. He gets up to the front, and it's like, oh, sorry, it's the wrong line. You have to get in that one. That one's longer. But he just got to the front of that line. He started making a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. I started saying shit to the people of color working of multicolors working behind the thing, and some of the stuff he was saying, like I, my eyes widened, mm-hmm. and this small silver-haired white woman turned around to me and my first thought was fuck mm. but then she was like it's a dollar 50 fucking hot dog it's not a big fucking deal and then just turned around and i'm like okay there are still some of yeah, some good yeah. ones out there but yeah. still there is that sense where like white people feel like it's okay to just turn to white people and say anything whether it's good or it's bad it's yeah, there just some outlandish it's shit there. yeah and, like, sometimes you get, like, those instances. You get, like, the, yeah, it is a fucking, it's just a fucking hot, hot dog. dog. Like, but there are times where, like, something will happen. And, like, I swear to God, something will break somewhere. And someone will turn to me and be like, Black Lives Matter, right? And I'm like, what? What? What is that? I am not the white guy that just sits there and goes, all right, yeah, sure, anymore. I am not. I hope you know that. I 
No, I dude. Say you, shit. You, don't, no. you don't have to. Yeah, I yeah. say you don't shit. Have to make it say anything like as a defense around me. I know you are. I know you. <laughs> I know who you are. Like, <laughs> there's times where it's like, no, I need to go. <laughs> I, I made the scene now. Apparently, <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking bullshit, dude. Fuck this shit. In a, America is racist. It's hella racist. Well, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just make the country better? Why is the excuse to leave? Why not? Why is the ex- why not just improve? There's a I don't understand the logic behind. <laughs> right? It's um. Well, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to improve this country. They're trying to make it great again. Yeah. We'll start it off by overturning Roe v. Wade. Oh my God. Okay. So you know what? I'm gonna go into this. Yeah. I no. watched a documentary. We might as well chain it. <laughs> I watched a documentary because both these stories. Excuse me. Both these things, the mm-hmm. thing in Buffalo and Roe v. Wade, both these pertain in a way to this documentary that just happened to come out on Netflix at the perfect time. Okay. And it's called Our Father. Okay, I heard about it. I have not watched it yet. You should watch it. Okay. So basically the summary of it is um, there's this doctor mm-hmm. who's like a specialist, well-known, well-loved in this small Indiana community. Uh-huh. He's so like well-sought. Other he, people will fly out to go uh, get his procedures. Yeah. What he does is he helps um, inseminate. Okay. So okay. it's like, oh, families where it's like, oh, low sperm count. He uh, would have the husband make a sample and he would, you know, inseminate uh, the mother's eggs. And they would have the daughter of their DN- genetic samples. Yeah, yeah. So or they, they was, have the parent. Yeah. yeah. Or, if, or if that wasn't the case with... Um, infertilization uh you know a donor mm-hmm. so one day a girl is curious about what because she was a donor uh-huh she was curious about what like what her life was like mm-hmm. and she called the doctor and was like who uh who's the donor is that possible and the doctor was like very firm on like no you don't get to know who the donor is yeah yeah so she got a 23 and me this is where things go haywire. Okay. She all of a sudden has seven siblings. So okay. the rules of being a donor, like, is yours can only be used three times. Because that would create too much of the same genetics in a, cer- a certain area. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You start having siblings around each other too mm. much. She had seven. So this can't be this can't be right. Does research into one of the sibling one of the siblings finds out that they have a very large family including an uncle i believe it was an uncle the doctor oh yep and slowly you start finding more and more people when they're doing 23 and me's all of a sudden get tagged hey this is your sibling hey this is your sibling hey this is your sibling and it goes it goes you hit you hit sibling 14 and you're like what the fuck you start getting instances of people who thought that they were the dad because they had low sperm count that this guy because at first it was like well i only did it when i didn't have donors available then you get people who thought that their semen impregnated their wife it was the doctors dude what the? these people have been raising children that they thought was their own flesh and blood and it goes on and on. And he's just been, and these kids are up, so he's been doing this for a long time. There's, there was at one point like 25 within the same community. You are shitting me. And I won't tell you the number. 
The num the final count is fucking no fucking way. Okay, I gotta watch it. It's really good. I but gotta watch it. There's a moment where you're thinking this is just about this, and like you're thinking about how like wow, what as, as to current events, you're thinking about wow. Imagine if abortion was illegal when a bunch of people found out that this doctor impregnated them with their yeah. sperm. They wouldn't be. I'm sure so many women who were just happened to be, if they, if possible, because he was old, he might not have been doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. But it was sickening. Like, um, like he would like when he met them when they finally agreed to meet some of the kids. He like pulled out a notebook and was asking them about things and like rating them. What the seeing, fuck? Yep, and he was quoting fucking uh, Jeremiah one five, fucking. Before I sculpted you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Oh. Yeah. And it was fucking disgusting. That's fucking weird. And dude. so then they're trying to write the attorney generals being yeah, like, get this doctor out of here. Yeah. Nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. It was one fucking Fox 59 news reporter that was able to help get things sped along. Because she took the story when no one else would. Are you fucking kidding And where me? it led, leads to where it leads to it's like a small part of the documentary but i think right now it is the most important part because okay. this guy he i won't spoil what happens with him, but th that's not happening anymore i hope yeah at least with him there's yeah. definitely other doctors doing it since 23 me has happened apparently 44 doctors have been caught doing that dude are you fucking serious so but where it gets to is some of the main attorney generals of indiana and our country are part of um of a, an organization called like quiverall or something or it's just about a quiver like it's mm. the thing is a quiver mm. a quiver of arrows the idea of uh spreading the white Aryan sea, oh my like God. A, like <laughs> arrows across. Do you know what this man did? He created a shit ton of blonde-haired, blue-eyed white kids because his because of his genes. Dude, dude. Yes. Oh my God! Like, fuck you guys. It is a good fucking documentary, but. It just sucks that I watched it and then the next day I found out. Well, I watched it Friday night. Next day, Buffalo. Oh my so god! So I was all I could think of was I, I heard about you know that extermination mm -hmm. kind of mentality, and I'm like, this is not a fucking joke, guys. Yeah, it, this, it really isn't. It really isn't. And the fact that people like trolling or not, the fact that you're going online and laughing and making jokes about this is absolutely fucking unacceptable. Like, what the... F These are people's fucking lives. Like, you only get one of those. What the fuck is wrong with you? And also, like, with the with the Roe v. Wade... Like, we don't really need to talk about that. We, we know it's bullshit. Like, yeah. that's such bullshit. Uh, but the one main thing I want to say is, like... For people even saying... Like, they don't even want to try to make it so that, like... Okay, well, what about people who are raped... Or these situations, they can't get abortions either. And then people counter like, well, that's only like 1%. I'm like, so what? what? It's still a population and, of people. It and, doesn't fucking matter. And it, it doesn't matter the percent. Guess what? Two thirds go unreported. Un yeah. yeah. So there's a lot more that's out there. 
it doesn't fucking matter how many. Do you, it pretty, doesn't even matter if it's one fucking person. It I, still fucking happens. I can imagine that reported <laughs> rape cases are going to go up once Roe v. Wade is overturned because you're going to have a lot less of what's just quickly get my daughter an abortion and forget about mm -hmm. this kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that you think it's okay to force women who were raped to just, like, have this fucking child they do not want. It's fucking sick. We're saving lives. No, you're not. No, you're fucking not. You're, fucking you're not. just making everything worse. You're gonna lose more lives this way. Oh, do you know how many like illegal shady abortions are gonna happen now? Yeah. Unsafe procedures are gonna happen now? You know how many minority women already die in childbirth every year? Fucking people are garbage, dude. Like, uh, like I, and I still tr keep that mentality of like there, there is good in this world. There, because there, hundred percent is. But it's just like, I, I think I've said this before, but bad news always takes like precedence over any good news. Yeah. Because it, it, it's more shocking. It causes more controversy. It, it, the drama, like we feed off of it. So bad news is always going to take precedence. But also, some of this bad news is just fucking absolutely awful. Yeah. Just awful. Um, so, again, sorry. We're, we're going to try to have a cool episode from here on. But, yeah. you know, that first 30 minutes, I think, needed to happen. We're not, like, some kind of political, like, podcast thing. But we have beliefs yeah. that we fully stand by. And I think it'd just be really weird and hypocritical of me to not bring up stuff like this when I brought up the whole uh, Black Lives Matter stuff thing and a lot of other shit that happened last year, I talked about it. Yeah. Uh, well, not even last year. It was like, I think it was 2020. Yeah. Yeah, not 2021. We did talk about some of it last year. We talked about some of it too, but I did a podcast. It was back yeah. when I was still doing it by myself. I did a whole episode yeah, talking whole episode. about it. Uh, and how a lot of the, the things people were saying were just complete and utter dog shit. Uh, so it, it'd be very hypocritical of me if I didn't talk about this other stuff. Yeah. Now, so exactly, and and fuck it, it nigga, fuck you. It's my podcast. Suck yeah. a dick. Like, exactly. You don't have to listen to it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and me as co-assistant on this podcast will also have things to say. And I feel like I provide a good example of a white man that's just like, hey, don't do this shit. But seriously, I fucking hate you all. <laughs> I fucking hate you all. I don't have white guilt. I have white loathe. White loathe. White loathe. Coming from a white loaf. This is the 40-ounce <laughs> Fridays podcast, guys. Oh, my God. Okay, thanks for watching. <laughs> thanks no, for watching. No, we have a, uh, some topics that we're going to go over. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to hit them up. We're going to start off with TV. Ryan had a little something. To oh, that was a documentary. Okay, yeah. cool. We're going to continue with TV, then. Uh, I got a few quick ones for you for some anime. Fire Force Season 3, I know I'm late on this. Shoot me, we, we record for the 40 Ounce Fridays podcast every other week. Uh, Fire Force Season 3 is uh, officially uh, a real thing. It's going to be happening. So for my Fire Force fans out there, get ready. I need to start reading the manga because I want to finish it up. It's already completed. But yes, we are getting a Season 3. And I hear from a lot of people... Like, uh, the first two seasons, a lot of people are like, oh, no, man, this just feels like typical Shonen. A lot of people talking about the manga says, nah, it gets weird. And I believe them because Soul Eater got weird, bro. The shit that didn't happen in the anime 
that happens in the manga it's very different and it's very creative and it's very cool so i'm excited to see uh and especially i'm excited to see the ending to see like the the soul eater fire force yeah. uh connection i yeah. want to know and i'm sure i know it's connected and i a lot of people theorize it i don't know how yeah so i'm excited for that I, and i'm sure they're going to do uh a true soul eater post fire force i would love that i would love a soul eater reboot that went by the manga storyline because the arcs that happen after that are just so good they're so good so much fun so uh shout out to that look out for that uh, another bit of quick news avatar 2's and we're talking about the blue people, not not the good show that we all love and enjoy. Uh, Avatar, oh Way of Water got its first trailer. Uh, Avatar 1, I think, came out in like 2009, 2010. So it's been a long ass time. I just uh, Regardless of how you feel about the first Avatar, that shit made a shit ton of money. I think it's one of the highest selling films ever, period. Yeah. So, oh well, Nanana Boo Boo, stick your head in doo-doo. James Cameron <laughs> made two of them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Avatar, uh, I remember seeing that movie when I was younger when it first came out. It is whatever. It's just really fucking long. Yeah. I don't think it's awful, but I don't think it's particularly good. Yeah. You know? It was just... I was just like, this is Dances with Wolves. <laughs> and then I was getting up and I'm like, this is Dances with Wolves. It's a lot of fucking stolen stories. Just made yeah. blue people on another planet. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what, what what's the next movie that they're seeing. I mean, I'd like to think he's going to start branching out to original ideas. Because I he said he wanted to make, like, what? Like, two or three sequels to the first episode? Yeah, it was supposed to be like, now here's going to be a trilogy. Yeah. And I believe uh, these should be coming out more frequent now. Because I think he was... I think they were filming like back these all at the same time, like back to back to back. So these will probably be coming out. There won't be like a fucking Kingdom Hearts three ass gap between the next one. I'm curious. I'll probably watch it just because I've already seen the first one. Yeah. Am I gonna watch the first one again to refresh? No, no. Absolutely fucking not. That movie is almost three hours long. Have you lost your goddamn mind? I'm not watching that again. I guarantee <laughs> the first twenty minutes of this new one will be like. Long ago, there was a war with humans. And Literally recap. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be 20 minutes. Uh, positives about the trailer? The CG looks really fucking good. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that was a given. The first Avatar looked really fucking good, especially for its time. I think it still holds up today. Uh, so, visually, we we knew it was going to look good. And visually, it better fucking look good. It's been like 12 years. But um, that's about all I got to say about it. It looks nice. It looks nice. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I'm just so fucking like like I don't really care and I don't think anyone else does because I remember when the trailer came out you know how when like trailers for stuff comes out like people are sharing it multiple times you yeah. kind of get notifications on YouTube or like an article thing talking about it yeah. I got none of that yeah I saw that trailer 13 hours after it dropped I yeah. came home from work and I was like and I, it's because I was scrolling by, and I was like, oh. Yeah. I happened to see <laughs> No it. one was talking about it. I happened to see it pretty quickly just because I was on Reddit, and I was, like, scrolling through, and it was like, this is in our movies, Avatar sequel. And I was like, oh, they made it. And I didn't watch it. And then later <laughs> I was on YouTube looking at stuff, and it was like, IGN posted this. And I was like, well, if IGN's talking about it now, I guess <laughs> I'll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> IGN's Facebook page. Yeah. But it was like me scrolling. Like, nobody yeah. was sharing it or saying, like, let's discuss. What do you... No one fucking cares. It's been 12 years. <laughs> you know what? I'm, and I'm sure when it comes out, it's going to make a shit ton of money. Because, come on. But, yeah. like, I'm not... Is it really going to be something talked about? No, no one... When the last time you hear a nigga quote Avatar? 
Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I want to be so fucking pissed off if this movie's about, like, all of a sudden these, like, creatures come out of the water and start attacking. And there's, like, an octopus and a whale and a shut mantis shrimp. Shut, and, shut up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's, like, a garden at the bottom of the ocean. And there, and then he, the, the, the fucking main guy learns how to shrink. <laughs> James Cameron's just been sitting in your fucking, like, backyard just... <laughs> Scribbling notes over your shoulder. Every time I save it to my Google Drive, he like runs in and like like, yes. (laughs) Look at this juicy material. The way of the water. Like I, I'm gonna guarantee you that there's going to be some random ass civilization that lives in the water that's gonna have war with the sky blue people. It's like Atlantis. I know, but the (laughs) the thing that's gonna be funny is. They, these people, humans came to this planet and mined the shit out of it. You For think it's they didn't? <laughs> so don't you think that maybe some water people who are like closer to the core feeling this shit happen aren't gonna come up and at one point and be like, "What are you doing?" Nah. Like now they're just here. Maybe they don't fucking care. Next is <laughs> gonna be like a cloud person. Maybe, maybe. I mean, there was other tribes. In Avatar, as I remember. Yeah, so maybe, there are. Maybe this tribe is just, like, near the water, so they swim a lot. I don't fucking know. <laughs> you <laughs> got like, we live right near the beach, so we just be chilling. They're going to show up, and they're going to be like, you fucking the human? Nah, this ain't right. What the fuck? But it looked like there was some combinations. Yeah, there was some... Mm, I don't know. It kind of looked like there was some human-alien hybrid people. But I don't know if there were more Avatars I not. really fucking hope not. I, it better be people using the avatar thing more often because the whole thing is called avatar and he lost his human body. Yeah, so, so it, he has to be a Navi. Yeah. Like he, he just, it's not even his avatar. Like that's just him now. Yeah. <laughs> the Navi. <laughs> we grew the homegrown. He was in deep sleep for like a long ass time too. Yeah. Imagine going in deep sleep just to get to that planet just for them to say no and kicking your ass the fuck out. <laughs> you got a deep sleep back say yeah it didn't happen. <laughs> By the time you get back they're like yeah oh no we already got all the other Yeah we, we figured it out already. <laughs> we actually made our own unobtainium. Also, unobtainium is a stupid fucking yeah. name. Now we're gonna send you to this planet. Get back fact, in the deep sleep. The most quotable, the most memorable, memorable thing I can remember from Avatar is when Aziz Ansari did the fucking joke about yeah. the the singing the song. Yeah. I guess we'll call it unobtainium. <laughs> like that's that's the clearest memory of that movie I have, and it's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, whatever. That's coming out. Oh man. Uh. I want to shout out a Hulu show. It's called Candy. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's based off a true uh, event. My girlfriend actually got me to watch it. Before the show came out and before I even knew about it, she actually sent me an article about the story. It's pretty wild. I don't want to, like, get too deep into it. It's not super complicated, but it kind of, like, spoils the fun of it. But uh, it involves, you know, suburban housewives, cheating, infidelity, being shady bitches, killings. Uh, so Hulu released a, a five-part series about it called Candy, uh, the, cause that's what the woman's name was, Candy, uh, starring Jessica Biel. I can't Jessica leave it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good. It's pretty good. It came out last week as of this recording. They released an episode like every day for like five days. The last episode coming out May 13th, Friday the 13th, because the events that take place of the murder happened 
Friday the 13th. That's crazy. So the so the first episode is actually called Friday the 13th, and then the last episode aired on Friday the 13th. By the way, um, I noticed it was Friday the 13th on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I ignored it, and no bad luck happened. Did you have any bad luck on Friday? No. Medina actually told me, like, uh, stuff around it that's not really supposed to be, like, bad luck related. Yeah. No, it's, I, it's, like, changed over time. Because, you, you know, you know Dina. No, I understand that. I just wanted to make but it But, yeah, clear. no, I didn't. I, didn't <laughs> I actually had a pretty good day. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, so, remember, guys, don't worry. It's just a day. If yeah, anything yeah. bad happens, it was going to happen regardless I feel like you, day. yeah, it's either going to happen anywhere. You kind of just manifested, like, a bad thing to happen to you yeah, because so, you thought about it so much. So, Candy was probably going to kill a bitch regardless of the day. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, she also got away with it technically because she claimed it was self-defense. Really? But I want to just go ahead and say that was definitely not fucking self-defense. She killed this woman with an axe and she hit this bitch with an axe 41 times and it was considered self-defense. She hacked this bitch up and it was considered self-defense. So, uh, fuck Candy. Fuck that bitch. I feel bad for the... I forget what the wife's name was. I feel so bad for her. She did not deserve that. Uh, it, it, it's awful. Like, it, it, it's, it's a wild story. Uh, I recommend it. M- uh, my girl and I haven't watched the last episode yet. We probably will on Tuesday when we hang out. She's like, I don't watch a lot of TV. I just kind of watch TV with you. And I was like, oh, that's Aww. cute. Mm-hmm. It's fucking adorable. It's fucking adorable! Also, it's a small town murder thing, so I was already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, ah, you got yeah, me. You, got, you, you wait, got me. You're waiting for the teenager in a trench coat to show up and be like, all right, <laughs> here's my ability. Also, Justin Timberlake plays like a cop in this movie. Oh shit! Yeah, JT. <laughs> He's a good actor. He's a solid actor. Uh, but yeah, so check out Candy uh, if you're into like true crime stuff. Um, or if you like Candy. Or if you like Candy. Or if you like Jessica Biel. Or if you like, yeah, and they 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 did a good job making them look like these people because those people were very plain, basic. They they were not attractive. I was like, you niggas is cheating on each other. <laughs> candy is, candy was just, mm, all right. <laughs> uh, so uh, next thing, uh, quick shout out. Uh, I was watching like random videos talking about like older anime shows. I like hearing the history of like older animation, like back at, from like the the 70s 80s 90s and stuff like that just because you know it paved the way and i like hearing about shows like that lost media and all of that and you know uh devil man came into the conversation devil man is really good netflix a few years ago released the devil man crybaby it's like a re- uh, remake of the story retells a lot of events devil man crybaby is, crybaby is fantastic by the way i highly recommend it watch it all in one night uh fucks you up makes you think about a lot of shit um but uh it, it i stumbled upon the thoughts of uh cyborg 009 i don't know if a lot of people remember cyborg 009 but i feel like most people at my age range i'm 28 right now uh remember it from the the 2001 anime series uh called cyborg 009 but it's been around for years it was like an old manga like from way 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 back in the day and it's had a couple of anime adaptations and films and stuff like that uh, but the 2001 anime sticks with me pretty well. So I was like, huh, I kind of want to watch it again. So I've been watching it. I've been watching it. I've so far watched like the first 11 episodes. It, it holds up. It's pretty good. It's, it kind of has some animation issues cause it's from the, it's 2001. 
So that's when we were still getting accustomed to like the digital animation stuff. So it looks nice overall. Some of the backgrounds can blur. Some art can look a little wanky. But it's it's a good show. I enjoy it. I've been enjoying my time with it. Uh, I probably am just gonna watch like a pocket, like a handful of episodes at a time. It's like 50 episodes long, so I'll eventually be done with it. But I was like, yeah, this show is pretty good. I remember this. And I was like, I kind of just want to finish it. it. So I just want to shout out an old school show. So Cyborg 009. Now, last thing I want to talk about for TV and movies. <laughs> uh, I was actually watching X-Play. Uh, shout out to them niggas. Fuck you, G4 hating ass niggas. Um, but uh, they were talking about, I, I forget how they stumbled into the conversation, but they started talking about a bug's life. And uh, one of them, the, the one of the producers on the show, Emily, she was like, yeah, it's like a retelling of the Seven Samurai. And I kind of like, it took me a minute and then I was like, why? Why? Wait. Wait a minute. And I was like, you know what? That bitch right, it is. <laughs> so for those who don't know the story of Seven Samurai, it's based off like old Western movie, I think called The Magnificent Seven. It, they go back and forth. There's like a Western story of it and there's like a, a the Seven Samurai story. Uh, there was actually a remake of Magnificent Seven a few years back starring like uh, Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt and stuff. It wasn't bad. It was an alright remake as far as remakes go. But the basics of like the story every time it's told it's like there's usually this idea of like oh there's this town or a village being terrorized by bandits so they hire some guys seven samurai they hire samurais magnificent seven it's like a series of like cowboys and like yeah. robbers and stuff like that and uh they protect they're hired to protect the town and or village you know uh, about four of them die three of them live at the end and that's the story but it's a really good story has really good action uh the characters are very diverse and the story has been retold in different versions like i said you got seven samurai you got magnificent seven and they've had various remakes as they go back and forth there's also an anime adaptation of seven samurai called samurai seven yeah very fucking good i highly recommend samurai seven that's when i first actually heard about the story like just in in general like like knew like the background of it very good show. I really like Samurai 7. Uh, I, I think it's on Hulu, actually. It's 26 episodes. Good watch. Fun time. All the characters are great. Uh, shout out to my nigga Kikacho. He was my favorite character. If y'all know who I'm talking about, you niggas is cool. Uh, <laughs> voiced by Chris Sabat, too, in the dub. Hey. So, also, fuck that nigga Kachiro. We don't fuck with Kachiro. But anywho, when I thought about it, as she said that, I was like, you know what? Bugs, a Bug's Life is yeah. a retelling of Samurai 7. I never piece that together. There's an ant colony being punked out by a bunch of grasshoppers. They're the bandits. They're yeah. taking their grain and punking them out. Flick goes out and hires people to protect the hill. <laughs> There's like a funny aspect of it because it's a Disney movie. They're bugs and they're not like actual like fighters. They're circus performers. But it's it's... It's the samurai, Seven Samurai story. It's the storyline, specifically. Yeah. And I was like, it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> no, when you said because that... Because I was like, I never... I like, I love A Bug's Life. It's one of my favorite fucking Disney movies. It, it's, it's so underrated. <laughs> Do you know that was the... That and Dinosaur were the first two movies Marilyn and I watched when we got Disney+. Plus. Oh, really? Yeah, because we were yeah. like, let's watch those. A Bug's Life is so good. A Bug's Life is so iconic to me. 
like when I go to Disneyland, I don't think about like all the Disney music. I think about the fucking Bugs Life theme. Yeah. As I'm walking in, like that's my like nostalgia there. That, that was my movie. That movie bro. is so, so good. So when you said <laughs> remake of the fucking Seven Samurai, the fucking <laughs> synopsis in it my just, brain. Is yeah, like, it starts. <laughs> you don't think about it, but when you when that's heard as a sentence, you're like, wait, man. <laughs> I fucking told Gabe, I texted Gabe, I was like, Gabe, A Bug's Life is just a retelling of Seven Samurai. He is like, bro, what the fuck it is? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> bro, what and it the? Just, I had to bring it up because I was like, that's so fucking crazy. So if anyone listening is familiar with A Bug's Life and the story of Seven Samurai or any of its incarnations... We probably watched A Bug's Life, and that's actually technically our first experience with that storyline. Yeah. No, for me it is, because before it was Samurai 7. Now I'm like, yeah. no, technically it was A Bug's, Bug's Life. Life. It was Bug's Life. <laughs> Bro, it's crazy when certain medias adapt stories so well that you don't see it. Yeah. Like, and I mean, Disney loves stealing ideas, but yeah. like, that, was, that was a good, that, that was a King, solid feat. Lion King was both a, a version, of, like a stolen version of, I forget what the original animation was. Kimba the White Lion. Yeah, Kimba the White Lion, but also <laughs> Hamlet. Yeah. You know, there's another Hamlet out there in popular media that people don't know. Hmm. It's Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy is Hamlet. Oh, shit. That's crazy. I accidentally had shit spoiled for me because I was watching it with Marilyn. And I was like, so this is Hamlet. This is Hamlet, right? This is Hamlet. And she's like, so you know what happens at the end then? And I was just like, oh, shit. Well, now oh, I no. do. Well, now <laughs> I do. <laughs> Well, now I know what happens at the end of the She might be, like, maybe, like, pieces of it. I don't know. She didn't specifically tell me anything. So I'm like, well, maybe. But I'm like, fuck. Now I'm like, how do we get there? <laughs> so I'm, I'm really hooked. Okay. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. It, see, that, that's cool. Because it's, it's it, I mean, I guess it's stealing. But at the same time, it's, like, taking inspiration yeah, and making inspired. your own story. Because there's still a lot of differences with A Bug's Life in the story. Yeah. And there's still a lot of differences with Sons of Anarchy and Hamlet. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it takes that that idea that that like skeletal like storyline yeah. and adapts it, which is what a lot of modern stories do now. People are like, "Oh, this story's all the same." I'm like, "We only have so many core concepts to go about." It becomes more of like how you adapt a story and tell it from one of these core like story features. Stories have been yeah. a lot of these story models have been told for like hundreds if not thousands of years exactly like it's just passed on through word of mouth and then written down and then adapted in various different ways so yeah. i mean take it that if you will uh but that's why we have these stories and lessons and morals and characters because they've just been passed down for so long exactly like i um, another random tale is heavily inspired by a lot of anime and manga yeah. And just stories in general. Actually, I forgot what it was, but recently I was watching something with Marilyn. And I was like, I don't even remember which one it was, but it was, I was like, this is totally that one Shakespeare play. Uh, the one where uh, the guy who looks ugly is like, gives the other guy stuff to say to oh. win the girl over. Oh, I forget what it's yeah, called, but, but I know what you're talking they, about. They redid it with, uh, with uh, I think it was called Roxanne. It was Steve Martin, and he had a big nose. What the fuck? Did you, did you not realize that one was no. that one? No. <laughs> That's that story. You remember he like gets the guy to I, go with the girl that Steve yeah. Martin likes. 
I wonder if they did um I wonder if they've done a retelling of much much ado about nothing. That's I don't fuck I fucking don't like Shakespeare very much. I think yeah. he's overrated as fuck. Much ado about nothing is pretty good. <laughs> I oh um, like as far as Shakespeare shit goes. That yeah. one's pretty. It's a fun mm, one. It's a fun one. I like his comedies more than his tragedies. Yeah, his uh, tragedies they, suck booty butt. Yeah, because they're so it's just like and then they died. Like oh okay. I mean I get it's a tragedy. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> Speak all remakes and stuff and retellings. I will forever say this: there was a missed opportunity not having a white chicks too, and basically making it some like it, some like it, some like it hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can see that. So, but it's about weed prohibition instead of. I can I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. That'd be a fun one. It's like gangsters chasing them down mm. because they're like you know weed prohibition and like. Oh, there's if, a, if, like, if there was ever going to be a plot for a sequel for that, that yeah, it would have to be something like that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I, I can dig it. <laughs> okay, but I, I just wanted to bring that up, <laughs> let you guys know. Bugs Life is a fucking yeah. Bugs Life. That just makes me love Bugs Life even more. Honestly, <laughs> question: What's ants about? Oh, there's an answer. Do you know what ants is about? Yeah, I, I haven't seen ants in a minute though. What are you going to say? It's about communism. Oh, you're right. Yeah. 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 I was like, I haven't seen Ants in a minute, but like, now that you said that, it's, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The movie's about communism. <laughs> These were kids' movies. Um, <laughs> but anywho, let's move on into games. Uh, Ryan, I know you have a few things to talk about, so let me just get through this really yeah. quick. I know I talked about uh, the hero vote, uh, I think it was last podcast or the one before that about a uh, fucking UI sign Goku being the winner of the hero vote and how I was disappointed in the Xenoverse 2 community. I was like, what the fuck? We already have like 62 Gokus. We have the better version of UI Goku in the game. This should, this should just be a free character. But it was announced that we were gonna get another one in the hero vote. So I was like, hopefully it's not GT fucking Vegeta or tracksuit Android 18. Zip. I was like, I was hoping for Dispo or Bergamo zip, zip. and as of yesterday of this recording, my nigga Lightspeed Dispo is coming to Xenoverse 2. Uh, I actually voted for Dispo in the hero vote, so I feel real good about it. I would have also been fine with Bergamo. I, I was like, I want original characters. I don't <laughs> even play Xenoverse 2, and this got me hyped as soon as he told me. Yeah, because Gabe, Gabe voted for Bergamo, too, and I was like, I would. he's like, but I would be totally fine with Dispo. And I was like, yeah, I voted for Dispo, and I'd be totally fine with Bergamo. Because... We don't have characters like that in the game, period. I'm like, I don't need a GT Vegeta. No one's gonna play base GT Vegeta. No one is playing that character. No one is playing that fucking character. I'm telling you right now. We have Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we have Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta and Super Saiyan God Vegeta and Majin Vegeta. No one is playing base GT Vegeta. No one is playing People that fucking People would probably character. play Saiyan Saga Vegeta over yeah, base GT. Yeah, they would play regular Vegeta because he can turn into Super Vegeta. Base GT Vegeta is the most boring fucking Vegeta. But the outfit. Just wear the outfit on your created character. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> I would have wanted Tracksuit 18 before that. Just because we only have like three variations for Android 18. So at least it's like, oh, okay, well now we have four 18s instead of like our 17th Vegeta with the same fucking combo strings. He would have had the same fucking combo strings. He might have had like a different grab and like two new super skills. 
But Dispo's coming. Dispo looks dope. We've seen screenshots of some of his moves. He has like this cool little kicky thing he does at his high speed. And it looks like he has an Awoken skill, which is uh, in Xenoverse, the transformation skills, like powering up the Super Saiyan and all that. That turns him into his hyperspeed mode that he did uh, during the Tournament of Power. So that's going to be cool. Will the transformation be available for CACs, for the creative characters? I doubt it. Because there's some uh, transfer, there's there's actually a good amount of transformation skills that aren't available to your created characters, like Goku. There's a variation of Goku who does like a he's in Super Saiyan Blue and he does the Kaioken with it. Mm. Uh, that's not available, but that makes sense because you literally have to be Super Saiyan Blue already. It's yeah. like Goku already in Super Saiyan Blue as the base of that character. That makes sense. And then this transformation is using Kaioken times ten. So it's just like, well, that makes sense. Hit has a, a transformation, like his pure progress thing. As he like fights, he gets stronger. Uh, that's original to only hit. You cannot get that for your created character. I like that. Maybe like it powers up like skills that you have equipped that are hit skills. That'd be kind of cool. But because uh, Hit was my my mentor in Xenoverse too. But um, no. Uh, I think there's like another one or two of them that are like transformation skills that we don't have. So I doubt we'll be getting like Dispo's thing. Oh, like people want a UI transformation. We pro I can see that happening. Cause we finally got Super Saiyan God like a while back, finally. Like the red haired Super Saiyan God. Yeah. We got Super Saiyan Blue and Super Saiyan Blue Evolution, the exclusive Blue Evolution Vegeta form, before we got regular Super Saiyan God. Huh. So <laughs> it's just like, huh, uh, you know what? Okay. And I, I don't like Super Saiyan God. It's really cool. It's a, it, it has some cool little bonuses. But um, I can see UI getting added. If not, like, the, the full power one, then maybe, like, the sign one. And then, like, the, the mastered UI is just Goku's. But I, I doubt we'll get Dispo's hyperspeed thing. It'd be cool, though, because it looks like it's going to be increasing, like, his movement speed and maybe, like, the speed of his, like, basic attack combos. Okay. So he'll move around a lot faster and hit you a lot faster. But, yeah, he's coming with the DLC. I'm excited. I like Dispo. He's a fun character. I thought he'd be fun to have in Xenoverse. And now we have the big three of the pride troopers in xenoverse we just don't have like a base form for uh topo he's in his god of destruction form but okay 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 so i just want to talk about that so ryan go ahead and tell us about your review of tiny tina's wonderland dlc one um i can understand why people are upset okay um uh, <laughs> strong start <laughs> I, um, I finished it in a lot of people were saying that, oh, they finished it in like 10 minutes, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Me, um, because I know this is the map that I will be revisiting, I ran around it and I was like, I know it'll be random each time, but like, I want to know where certain things are because there are repeats. You want to be able to activate things. I know, I think in this DLC, there's like skulls in each room. I just didn't look for them as hard as kind of was looking around, getting myself ready for future times doing it. Mm -hmm. So I finally got to the end game. And chaos rooms are fun. The chaos rooms are fun. I like it. Okay. I, f um, I'll get more into it when I finally do a, um, a drink tasting of Tanny Tina. Yeah. But um, cause that'll be coming soon, hopefully. Ryan's drink tasting. Yeah, yeah boy. I got a <laughs> bottle of wine ready for me. Please. But um, <laughs> what? Uh, the chaos rooms are fun. But I gambled at the end because there's like things that you activate in mm -hmm. in like the rooms. And there's, they're called runes. They have special challenges. If you complete them, uh, you get treasure. But if you just activate them, it seems. Because I didn't complete any of these things. But towards the end, 
two portals opened up. One was the prize portal, one was a secret boss because I activated all the runes. I fucking gambled my whole run on that secret boss and I got demolished. So I I was, I, for reference to anybody who plays Tiny Tina, I was not even a chaos level one yet, I'm sure. The highest, oh, the highest is 35. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so a little challenge. Yeah, it's fun. So I, after I did that, I was like, well, I'm going to go check out the DLC. I beat it. It was, um, for the level the level that I was, I did handle myself very well. Mm-hmm. It was a little challenging at parts, but um, this game is definitely one of the first ports since 2, where I've like found a way to play. And I'm like, oh, I'm just okay. going to do you this. You got in the pocket. I'm, 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 like, I'll walk in, and I'm like, oh, like 15 things. Uh seven are dead boom this is dead and then i'll use my spell to clear a room and i'm like cool um i wish mob density was better they need to add that they need to fix mob density there's not a there's like things where it's like you're timed on having to do a certain amount Mm -hmm. and you're looking around and you're like where are they and then they pop out like three at a time across the map um, and, okay, you 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 want where the swarms? So upon entering, upon entering and upon entering the DLC, I was hoping for a little more, and I just got it's this chaos run with mm-hmm. a special boss at the end. But you get souls instead of um, the, souls. the moon orbs, and uh, the sounds like a fucking the other things. Yeah, you get souls. <laughs> you can. You get your your moon orbs. That's your regular cash, and then you got the premium currency, which is soul orbs. So what you do with the souls? You go over to this wheel, and it's gonna give you loot. And you're like, oh, I dropped twenty five souls. Oh, it's a gotcha. And you spin the wheel, and a loot pops up, and you're like, oh, this is legend. Oh, it's not what I'm gonna use though. And you just put it in the bank, and there's cosmetics in there. Oh, it's a gotcha. Yes. They put a gotcha. They put a fucking game. gotcha into fucking Borderlands. What the fuck? They're like, gotcha. Yes. the TLC. I am now. Mm, I have joined the ranks of the people disappointed with this okay. DLC. I can. I get it. I can definitely. It get has it. potential. That would annoy the shit out of me, too. If they turn it around on the next three of the season pass. Cool. Because it was a fun fight. Yeah. It was fun. I did have a lot of fun fighting that fight. It's just, when I was done with it, I was like, oh, I can just do this again and again and again. Okay, I understood that going in. And I went to the wheel and I dropped all my souls and I got two legendaries. One I already had that was a weaker version of what I was using. And a green gun. Why the fuck did I get a green gun? (laughs) Why the fuck did I get a green gun? (laughs) Cause it's a gotcha. <laughs> Fuck this! I fucking sold that at the vending machine right there. But if you get fifty souls, you get one legendary guaranteed. No, nope, it's free. only twenty-five souls at a time. No. Oh guarantees. wow! There's no guaranteed drops. Or not not on those. Not on the fucking wheel of shit. They don't show the rates. They don't show the percentage. Nope. You just have to go and get your loot drop. So not only is it a gotcha, it's a shitty gotcha. You can get your loot drop maxed. I've been working on that. But that doesn't excuse this behavior. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that sounds annoying. And that sounds like an immediate turnoff. Imme- something that happened too is when I was done with that, 
I thought about like, well, I could always play this boss again. And I'm like, but I'll go in knowing it's the boss. Sometimes the fun of Chaos Run is just being like, oh shit, it's this. The boss, yeah. And then I remembered that this guy gets added to the list of your bosses that can pop up in the Chaos Runs. So I'm like, I don't need to do this one again. Oh, he's just already, yeah. But I do need to do it if I want the souls. You know what that they sounds like? They made me pay to work for cosmetics. You know what that sounds like? Not fun. Sounds like uh, Xenoverse 2 Parallel Quests. <laughs> because uh, the way the DLC in Xenoverse 2 works, right, is you buy mm -hmm. a DLC, it's gonna have these characters. Cool, so you got these characters. The skill drops and like new costume things and stuff will also be available by paying for the DLC because you need to get the parallel quests that come with the DLC, right? Parallel quests are side quests. And then you get RNG chances for you to unlock the super skills for your character. <laughs> so the characters, uh, the, the the new playable characters are automatically unlocked once you buy the DLC. Yeah. Skills for your created character, you have to complete these parallel quests and hope the motherfuckers drop. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have ever experienced Xenoverse 2 RNG. I, I fucking hate it. It's, it's awful. And it's, it's rough to say because Xenoverse 1's RNG is fucking worse. It was so bad, dude. It was fucking awful. Like, when starting up Xenoverse 2, like, early in, like, for the first time, you just feel so good because the RNG is so much better. I was just like, oh my god. It is. It's so much. But it's still bad. It's still yeah. bad. It's, it's still really fucking bad. It's just a good step up from the RNG that was Xenoverse 1. And there's new ways you can unlock skills. There's like these certain little quests that get, uh, give you more guaranteed random skill drops. So that's nice, but that came in in like year like four. So it's just like, okay, well I still grind at these other fucking quests for free. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it sucks the fun out of it. It's like, cause the parallel quests are boring. They're not fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like you're just grinding the same thing for like an hour at least this game gives you like if you collect all the loot dice in each area which there's about 20 in each area maybe um so that's a lot but mm. luckily they changed it when it on base game release it was per character mm -hmm. that would have fucking sucked because it ne doesn't get marked on your map when you find them yeah so um they made it character wise, which is nice okay Good, but good, 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 good. they also have like, oh, when you get to mythic rank, you can throw skills into something so you can increase your loot look there. That's where I'm throwing every time I get to that tree because it's like a clockwise rotation of trees. Mm. I'm just throwing it in loot luck. I can worry about getting stronger later. I just want good guns. Good shit. Um, yeah. But, the, but despite that, like I have a lot of loot luck right now. And I'm getting cool loot, but not the loot I the need. The need, yeah. Like I'll go more into the um, Aaron G as um when i go into the drink tasting okay but, um yes one of the shrines that increases your loot look is the, the shrine of aaron g <laughs> so fuck you aaron g <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we had something like that there's just something like that in xenoverse one too like a elder kai drop for a dlc and you could talk to him and he would say something about like oh this fruit has ripened or the fruit is not ripe yet and if you said the fruit is ripened you were almost guaranteed a skill drop but the but you you had to it only reset after you do a parallel quest, so oh. you'd have to do like a quest, 
and then you go back to the hub city and ask him again and hope that he says oh the fruit is right so sometimes he's uh, uh, most of the time he's not gonna fucking say that yeah <laughs> so you're just doing it over and over so until you have a high chance of getting your skill drop so the from what i assume the strategy is you go and do like the quickest one you can do yeah and go reset well it. sometimes you do that or s some people still find it worth it to just try to get the drop on the parallel quest anyway it's like well you might as well but then you're doing like a longer it, it, it sucked ass is what yeah. i'm saying also like ultimate finishes i've talked about this before ultimate finishes happen when you uh meet certain bonus requirements in a parallel quest and so it'll be like oh now do this extra thing and you can get more rewards back in xenoverse one that was also rng so even if you met the requirements of it like oh beat the fight in less than 10 minutes even if you did that it was rng if the ultimate finish would trigger or not oh xenoverse 2 it is guaranteed That's if you good. do the requirements for the ultimate finish you'll get it <laughs> so but that shit was awful bro just playing the same fucking kid boo mission where you have to protect Goku as he's charging up the spirit bomb. Me and my friends would do that quest all the time, hoping that that fucking thing would... Because that's how you got Super Vegeta 2 mm. in Xenoverse 1. And so you're just like, fuck, please just trigger the event so I have a chance to get this skill. And you just keep hearing Goku say, get out of the way. Here I go. Oh, it didn't drop. Okay, let's run it again. <laughs> and it doesn't drop for everyone like it, it the the ultimate finish of course will drop for everyone but the skill drops don't drop for everyone so maybe yeah. one person will get it but then the other two don't so you got to do it right again yeah <laughs> so you just you're just like god fucking damn it oh, so based on all this knowledge my my suggestion i'm gonna say this tiny tina's wonderlands is a very refreshing fun game I'm glad to hear. It is one of it's a favorite. I'm gonna make another character possibly tonight. Okay. I already planned out my other two characters, um, so I'm gonna have three because there's six types. Okay. Six things, so I'm gonna have two, three different oh, combinations with the, with too. The, the dual architecture. Each one's gonna have a pet. Um, but don't get the DLC yet. Wait on it. Wait on it. Okay. Maybe even wait for season two. Get a little humble bundle. Yeah. Just, let's just wait on it. Me and my boys got a little humble bundle. It, I'm having fun with it, and I enjoy it, but... Yeah, it's it doesn't feel, like, worth it. No, not at all. I think the most worth it it feels is getting the, the big bundle of, like, you get that, you get some extra stuff, and you get the deal, the season pass. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, 80 bucks. Okay. But I still feel like it should have been 70 bucks. Yeah. Okay. At least Battlefront let me know what the $70 version was by just being like, and you get Han Solo's gun. Oh, yeah, <laughs> thanks. I had $10 for a fucking gun that I never used. Right. <laughs> I mean, people spent $60 on a game they didn't play. Ayo. <laughs> but uh, you heard it here, folks. Or you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland DLC one is trash. Ryan said it here first. Ryan is uh, we're opinionated. We're 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 official reviewers. Yeah. So our our word is law and fact. Yeah. Uh, it's trash. No, I'm just kidding. Basically, <laughs> if it was like five dollars cheaper, because each one is like ten dollars on its own. If it was a five dollar one, I'd be like, this is fantastic. I was like, oh cool, I can't, five dollar. I'm gonna go fight drill when I get home again. Okay. But I'm mad that I've paid. 
ten dollars. Yeah, well, it. I mean, I paid less. I kind of did pay five dollars, but I'm mad that other people have to pay more. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's because it's separate. You telling me I paid paid wholesale price for a sale? <laughs> <laughs> Let me speak to your manager. <laughs> Get, get Randy on the phone right now. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you, you fucking magician. Oh, shit. Okay, so we got a few more things just real quick to wrap up game news. I wanted to say this really quick. Uh, this will already be out by the time this episode comes out. This episode is going to come out on Friday. I think Friday is the 20th. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is happening on the 17th, on Tuesday, uh, May 17th. Uh DLC Team 2 for King of Fighters 15 will be coming out. It is Team Southtown. Ooh, down to the Southtown! So you know your boy Geese Howard is coming. Geese Howard down at the Southtown. Him and his predictable, his English. English? Uh, they dropped trailers for it. Uh, they dropped the trailers for the team. Uh, they look really fun. I'll show you the trailers after we record, after we're done recording, because they look like they're fun characters. And they're all classic characters. Uh, they have their new outfits as well. Uh, they're getting a free alternate costume from older outfits they've had. And that's coming free with their team. So, dope, dope, dope. So, May 17th. So, that should already be out right now. So, if you have the season pass or if you bought that team separately, I hope you're having fun with it. I'm sure I will be because I will be playing it. I really am. I, I love King of, uh, King of Fighters 15. It's really good. Uh, I wonder what we're getting for the other two teams because we're getting two more teams. So I'm excited to see. Uh, but the game has been a blast to play. I hope we get more like costume stuff too. I would pay for like alternate costume packs for other characters. For like older outfits. That'd be fun. Just like cosmetic shit. Like that'd be fun. Like a little $10 costume pack. Here's like 12 fighter costumes or some shit. That'd be cool. And Han Solo's gun. And Han Solo's gun. And King of Fighters 15. <laughs> uh, but yeah look forward to it my, my fighting game niggas my fighting game fans one last thing for gaming news one uh, more thing i think i will be starting streaming again soon hey within like maybe in june i want to say but it's not going to be super often it'll probably be once or twice a week it'll probably be on my days off so that's like tuesday and wednesday hey. like in the like you know in the evening after i'm done you know, being spending time with my fiance, you know, being all lovey dovey and cute and all that bullshit. Hey, 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 boy, boy. Uh, I took a little break, but I plan on coming back this week. Ooh. If we're both streaming on Tuesdays, we could find a way to link them. I'd be down. I'd be down. You know, there's ways we can set it up to where when we're offline and certain people are streaming. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can have a, you can have like their, their stream play. Yeah. Yeah, no, that'd be dope. Cause, um, I guess. Yeah, keep going with that. I'm going to announce something after. Okay. But yeah, so it'll probably be Tuesday and Wednesday. They're going to be chill streams. I'm probably not going to be playing like new games I haven't played just because I I get very meticulous, especially because I play a lot of RPGs. So I get very into detail and spend hours grinding and doing all the boring shit. And I don't like waiting for like the next stream to do that stuff. So if, especially if I'm doing it weekly, I'm, I, I, I'm probably just going to move along with the story. Yeah. Like if you guys watch me play... Um, fucking triangle strategy you guys would be bored out of your mind i spend so much time grinding to upgrade classes and upgrade weapons and all that shit i'd be like man this shit is fun but that's because i'm sitting there by myself just like thinking yeah <laughs> like, like it wouldn't be a fun so i'm probably gonna play games that i've already played okay like it'll give me an excuse to play dragon quest 11 for the third time i haven't played it on xbox yet it's on game pass so i'll played it 
on Switch, PlayStation where I first streamed it, and on Xbox. Maybe play Yakuza Seven again because I never finished that stream. I ended up playing it off stream. Can I can <laughs> I make a request? Hmm. Um, because you don't need to grind because there is a level cap. Okay. So it's there's a couple parts where it's like you know you do fight every enemy in the area mm -hmm. and maybe go back and fight them one more time just to boost you up to prepare or something or to level up to get to certain things that you need that uh -huh. you feel like would help benefit you. Um. Stream bug fables. Okay, yeah. I, I will tell you, I got most of my uh, follower count from that game. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, I might do that. I would say I'd stream Persona 5 Royal, because I would love to stream that, because I never got to stream the original Persona, because I don't have a PC setup, so I stream directly off a of console, and Atlas is doo-doo butter, and they don't want you to spoil their stories, even though that probably bring more marketing to their fucking game. Yeah. So I couldn't stream the OG Persona 5, they have like the lock on it down for royal but once you get to like the new content in royal like the third semester stuff like the the end game story stuff it blocks it again and i'm just like oh it sucked to get all the way there and then just be like yeah. okay you guys can't watch this part so i probably have to wait until i got like a real streaming setup to do that but i would love to like do a stream of persona 5 royal yeah because that game is Mwah! chef's kiss it's so good so fucking good <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, I was gonna say maybe I could stream Persona 5 Strikers, but I have that on Switch. Mm. Like if if it if there's a sale on it one day for like PS4 and it's like really cheap, I'll buy it on PS4. Well, um, we'll talk more about um, if you find out you can run OBS on through that and it would be okay. Oh, through my laptop, yeah. I can lend you my capture card. Okay. Which leads me to announce um, something that. Um, I talked about with Kyle a while back, and mm -hmm. I figure since you're talking about streaming, this gets me a little hyped for Go the for future it. of the gaming stuff. Talk it talk. Um, we will be doing a, a gaming channel in a sense too. It'll just be probably some VODs, some edited videos that we work on together, or, you know, stuff like that. Maybe eventually build a team. I don't know. Mm. But... Uh, I, I've, been, I've been racking my brain about what to call this thing. I was thinking about like bottle caps. I was thinking about like brew boys. I was trying to come up with something witty and clever. And then I realized the perfect thing was right in front of my face. 40 ounce gaming. Bum, 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 bum. That's just it. Bum, it's 40 ounce gaming. It comes back full circle, baby. Yes, it does. Because back when I streamed, I called it 40 ounce Fridays. <laughs> Even though I streamed every day. So if you ever want to, oh, I'm going to make a channel for this on YouTube. Mm. And if you have, you know, your streaming VODs, if you just want them raw, I'll, you know, give you the stuff. Y'all want the streaming VODs raw, baby? Yeah. There'll be some raw we'll have streams. Them raw. <laughs> some raw streamage. Raw. <laughs> but I uh, do plan on us occasionally playing games together. And I want to yeah. try and get professional about recording it stuff yeah um, i'd be definitely down for that so i hope I'm you down for it i if hope you know what the first cool. one is minecraft yes <laughs> yes no no it's crazy that it's gonna come full circle because i remember when i was streaming when i was slowing down on it because i you know i just didn't have the time uh i was like oh, i'm thinking about maybe just doing like little talks while i'm streaming like a random game or something like that. and then i just ended up doing the podcast stuff <laughs> and the name yeah. got adapted. So it's just like, fuck, cool. It's, yeah. It all comes back. That's what oh, I and that do, reminds man. me, Dragon Age. I'll be replaying Dragon Age because that's my favorite game series of all time. 
that's the first thing I like streamed officially as a series. Yeah. And when I had like a small little following, that's what got me it. I, like I had regulars come in like and just chat with me and we just talk about Dragon Age lore for like three hours. If you want, um, cause I kind of took a step away from working on the hot box. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some stuff I will discuss with you after. Okay. And we can both use that uh, server as our. Okay, that's cool. The, yeah. the hot box. The hot box. Join the hot box. <laughs> Basically, we can set it up to where if people join, it's like it'll alert them on there if we're streaming or like, you know, stuff like that. But I, I want it to be a place where people can discuss both of our content and the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. We, we try to expand. We try. And it's working out. Uh, I got more, like, uh, especially, like, uh, some people I know who, who do listen in and out. Mm-hmm. And they would love to be guests for, like, uh, excuse me, Talks on the Rocks. Okay. All right. Just to talk about stuff. Or even, like, uh, our friend uh, Daniel Scipio. Uh, okay. Like, uh, he, he would want to come and do, like, a deep dive with me on, uh, like, uh, like Power Rangers and shit. Like that. Oh, that would like, be dope. And I was like, that'd be awesome. I kind of want to be there for that. Yeah, like, it'd be cool to do just... Just get drunk and, and just talk about Power Rangers and uh, Digimon too. He said so. I was like, oh yeah, I'd be so down. So uh, it, it it's it's building up. It's it people are listening. People are liking the content. So it's cool. It's nice to know we're getting some positive feedback on that stuff. Yeah. I just recently uh, last Friday's ep- uh, thing was uh, the second episode of What's in the Brew, where I drunkenly ranted about. Uh, how all toxic fandoms are equally as toxic. Yeah. All toxic, but for different reasons. I don't know if you listened to it or not, but um, I pretty much, I was drunk. <laughs> I had a good amount of uh, some some IPAs. <laughs> so, and I was drinking one during, and I was like, think of it as like stats in an RPG, you know, like each toxic fandom is toxic for a very specific reason. <laughs> and I just kind of ranted about it for like an hour, but it was fun. That's and that's what what's in the brew is for. It's for like weird deep dives and rants and discuss just random shit to discuss. Yeah, and that's what I wanted what what's in the brew to be. So I'm I'm having fun with it. I I, I can't wait for Ryan to do one because I know Ryan's will be great. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> like, like Ryan, I think you will like shine. <laughs> Honestly, so. Uh, if I, I get drunk enough, baby. Yeah, fuck There's yeah, still that dude. unreleased drink tasting. Oh, man. Yeah. Did you ever listen through that? I've listened to a good chunk of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I should I should just fuck Did you get to the depressing part? I don't know. I probably not. There was no. a, that's the whole, like, half the reason. I was like, okay. Oh. I, I should edit it. <laughs> if you do it, I won't be mad. Okay. okay. We'll see. It'll be like a lost tape. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that is it for gaming yeah okay so we're gonna move into music we have a big chunky topic to discuss but real quick i wanted to talk about this uh well there's two things so one real quick i'll talk about this um jack harlow's album (laughs) uh he he, i'm not gonna lie the boy been getting shitted on (laughs) since the last podcast i listened to the album the night it came out my personal opinion it's all right I don't think it's bad. I really don't. I don't think it's particularly like great or fantastic. It's nothing to write home about, but it's fine. Uh, from real quick, from what I can say, he had fun with it. You know, it was yeah. he had a fun time making the album. He was having fun on those beats and on those tracks, and he was just having a good time. And 
that's fine. That is perfectly fine. Good, good for you. Yeah. You're you're successful. You're making money. You're well known in your career. So it's like like uh, Pitchfork. I mean, fuck Pitchfork. I was talking about this to Ryan too. Who the fuck cares about Pitchfork? Like honest, like honest to God, like that's a real question. Who the fuck cares about Pitchfork? But um, they gave it a two point nine out of ten. I don't think it's that bad at all. Like if I we we don't do the out of ten scores, we do like the the, the forty ounces. Uh, but if I had to give it out of a ten score, it, it'd be like a six point five, maybe a seven. It's not bad. It's all right. It's not going to be in my top ten. I can already tell. But it wasn't bad. Like if I, it, it, it's like uh, real quick. If I had to talk on the grading scale just to refresh us, uh, let's see off the top of my head it's like it's probably like a 21 ounce so it's, it's not bad it's the it's champagne not. of beers yeah it's the sh it's in the middle that, that sounds like what jay carlo is like he's kind of um but i worry that it uh worry that uh, but worry about that because being the champagne of beers also comes with the title of calling yourself the champagne of beers and honestly he's kind of acting like the champagne of beers <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> you saw the the thing where he's messing with the settings on the on the camera, right? Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And the whole ca getting carried for his shoes not to scuff. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's not intentionally yeah, doing that stuff. Exactly. It's. Uh, I think it's just like oh, <laughs> it's reminiscent of Ariana Grande licking those donuts. Yeah, where it's like in like. Three or so years, he's going to be like, I was, I was kind of being foolish. Oh, I was kind of out of pocket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he, he's like, I think he's like 24. Yeah, you know, he's having this big success, a lot of money. He's having fun, but I just, I just worry. Like, like I get it, <laughs> and I think a lot of the, because the, the weird thing I found, like the thing I found odd about it, when the album first came out and like people were talking about it for the first few days, I did hear a lot of people say they didn't like it. I heard some people say it was like, oh, this fires like a 9 out of 10, which I was like, mm, you caught a capping. <laughs> and then I heard a lot of people say, like, it's all right. When that Pitchfork score became more of a public thing, that 2.9, everybody started shitting on this man. And I was like, y'all some fucking lame-ass bandwagoners. The, the, most, like, the most honest stuff I've heard is about, uh, it's mid. It is. Like I said, it's in the it's the champagne of beers. But, but it's not like a, it's mid. It's like a, it's mid. Like, honestly, it's it's, it's okay. Mid. It's middle of the ground yeah. stuff. It's it's nothing to write home about, but it's nothing, like, awful. Y'all, they was making that shit seem like it was dog water, and it's it's really not. We need to remove the idea that mid is a bad thing. Yeah, it, it mid Pass means it. that it's mid. It's it's middle of, it's middle ground, so <laughs> it's eh. Hey, some of these Whatever. songs are going to be on playlists. Cool. Yeah. That's uh, all that matters. Like, and I, I like a good amount of tracks. Um, I like First Class. That was a single, but I think it's a very good song. And he flips the glamorous for, uh, sample. Yeah. I like that song. Uh, Nail Tech was like, I think the first single he dropped for it. It's pretty good. Uh, like a Blade of Grass. I like the, the, the perspective he switches up with himself and like whatever girl he's talking to. I thought that was cool. Like there's some cool tracks on there and there's some, he had some fun with it. And you could tell he had some fun with it. Like I said, he had a good time making the album. Oh, and the intro song, uh, Talk of the Town, I think it's very good, too. I actually really like Talk of the Town. So, um, I feel like the, they're being too hard on him. And I also think it comes from his fans. Because there's a lot of, like, 
super Jack Harlow fan slash stands kind of thing. And I think that was the thing that was hyping them up because a lot of people were saying, I'm just tired of seeing this nigga just being pushed on me and down my throat. To which I'll counter and say, you can ignore shit on the internet. You can ignore shit on the internet. I don't get Jack Harlow pushed in my feed at all. I like chose to listen to this album. I don't hear nothing about that nigga unless I choose to hear something about that nigga. Yeah. Period. <laughs> like, <laughs> the only time I really heard about him majorly was like when What's Poppin' came out because that was just such a big hit. Uh, especially the remix too. And then when he got on the double XL list. That was about it. I do not get that nigga pushed on me. And maybe it's because uh, I keep scrolling past shit that doesn't really catch my attention. So, you can log out of something and ignore something is what I'm saying. It's not being forced on you. Shut yeah. the fuck up. No, it's not. But I do think his fandom was, like, overhyping the fuck out of him. Yeah. They, like, Jack Harlow fans, like, really, really, really like Jack Harlow. And I, it, it's just, like, it wasn't bad. But also, you niggas are, like, bringing up other albums in their successes by, like, dragging his. And I, that's weird. Just like the other album. Like, why do you need to put him down to bring up something else? It's like they're comparing, um... It's like they're comparing people who put out multiple albums and are doing like, oh, this is my big release that you've been waiting for mm -hmm. versus a guy who's like, hey, it's my second one. Like, hope you like it. My favorite one was like, um, and look, I get Drake is success. I certified lover boy, despite how I, I did not think it was very good. Uh, it sold really fucking well. So, but Drake's like one of the biggest artists in the world right now. People are just like, he was trying to be Certified Loverboy with his album so bad. I think this was better than Certified Loverboy. Y'all can shoot me. This is what Certified Loverboy wanted to be. Yeah. Certified Loverboy is long and it's boring. It's Dude. fucking boring. There's like three, four tracks on Certified Loverboy that I, that I can say. I was like, I enjoyed that. It's crazy. <laughs> like, um, speaking of Drake, actually, um, you hear that he lost his record for the most uh, streamed songs today? Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh. My boy. My man's. That uh -oh. wascally wabbit. Uh oh. Okay, Ryan, go for it. <laughs> the Bad Bunny fucking uh, with his new release, his new album. Um, it's uh, on day one beat Drake's record. He beat Drake and Taylor Swift. Good. Yeah. I'm glad he beat Drake. It's so great. And honestly, I like other albums of his a little more but this is a good album mm -hmm. it's a I feel like Bad Bunny does like always like a here's my deep album and here's my summer album okay like it's either one of those so so Un Verano Sinti is it's a summer album it's ready all the ratchets are all the ratchet women are crawling out of their uh little manhole covers in the streets and going down to Pine Street getting ready to shake their ass like um I gotta say it's pretty good the opening track Moscow Mule was really fun I, I liked it a lot but um I showed Kyle the song uh Después de la Playa the okay. the merengue one um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, one. that one that one was good that was fun he, he's switching it up a bit like there's a couple other like soft songs but I don't know. I just, I really do enjoy this album. And I just got to give my boy the props after seeing him live. Like, he made me feel some things up there. And I really like how humble and honest he is. Like, I remember when the pandemic 
first happened. Mm -hmm. He had released an album right when that happened. So instead of, because he couldn't tour, he went on Instagram live and was really drunk and just played his album and sang along to it. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he was trashed. It was fucking hilarious. Homeboy would uh, ride around streets on a bus performing. Like, because, you know, people couldn't just be in one place seeing him. So he so, uh, performed our show. So he would just drive around. Like, this guy's real cool. He has... A, I would look into his history, too. Because he has a very interesting... Um, life I guess. Mm. there's some things that happen with him that yeah are interesting and i have mad respect for this guy and i'm glad to see a, a latin artist kind of making his way into american pop culture no that no that's dope to see i'm i'm ha i'm happy for his like the few songs you showed me i really enjoyed and uh one thing i commented on was uh he has a really nice voice when it rides on like those like those softer beats too. Yeah, like it, it, it fits really well. Like it's not my type of music, but like the songs you played, I did like. Yeah, like I was like, these are these are actually very good. Like, <laughs> like I'll I'll be honest, Bad Bunny is not on most of my playlists. <laughs> it's not a guy I totally listen to, but my girlfriend loves him, and I she loves a lot of other artists, but he always kind of breaks through to me. I was yeah. like, wow, this is a really fucking good song. Okay. So that's why I was like, I need to talk about it because I saw that he beat Drake and I felt so fucking proud of my my boy Benito fucking handled it. So what? Drizzy's still the best rapper in the world. Fuck and Drake. Drizzy Drake. Champagne Poppy. Champagne <laughs> Poppy. Champagne of... He's, he's gonna ride at Champagne of Beers for me. <laughs> Cause it's, not, it's not bad, but like, chill out, Aubrey. It's Drake, you know. <laughs> that's that's how I feel about Drake's music. It's Drake. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah. Okay, cool guys. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, quick other album announcement. There's other albums that have come out um so far in like the last five months that I haven't gotten to listen to yet that I need to sit down and listen to. I know Earth Gang released an album, Ghetto Gods. People love it. I haven't listened to it yet. I gotta listen to it. A few other things. Um, Logic's album's coming out soon. Uh, Vinyl Days. Uh, Joey Badass announced a sequel, like a follow-up to his uh, classic hit mixtape, 1999. So uh, it's going to be called 2000. I'm super excited to hear Joey Badass, bro. We haven't heard him since, uh, I think, for five years. Uh, I forget what that last album was called. I think it was called uh, America. Uh, that album was fan fucking tastic bro joey badass is an extremely talented artist uh very creative very lyrical <laughs> oh, excuse me down to earth cool uh guy all american badass that's what it was uh so i'm excited bro i'm super hyped to hear joey badass uh get back in and bless us with some new music uh also black thought and danger mouse are finally getting that collab together to bring us uh, the album known as Cheat Codes. Uh, I want to say it comes out in August. Let me look it up. I'm talking right now, talking about albums Ryan's in the bathroom. <laughs> so I was just like, it'd be a good time to just quickly drop these album, uh, these album shoutouts for upcoming projects. So, uh, Black Thought. Yeah. Mm. Danger Mouse. What's the project called? The project's called uh, 
already said it. It's uh, cheat codes coming out. Black Black uh, Thought and Danger Mouse's project. Like a demon's whisper. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, let me see. Release date. I think I want to say it comes out in August. Yeah, August twelfth. Cheat codes is coming out. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> I'm oh, so excited. Man. Black Thought is my favorite MC of all time, period. Just number one for me. I'm sorry. He just is. He's legendary. He deserves respect in the game. He's one of the greatest to ever grace the mic. So I am super hyped for this project. Uh, Joey Badass is releasing 2000. I think Joey Badass is releasing 2000 also in August. Let me check. So we got something to look forward to. No, I was wrong. It's next month, June 17th. Joey Badass is dropping uh, his follow-up to 1999 with 2000. Uh, it's been five years. The last project he did was All-American Badass. All-American Badass was fantastic. So I'm excited for this. And then I believe Logic's album also comes out in June or July. I'm looking forward to it because I've liked the singles he's released so far for them. They're feeling very real, very raw. It feels like he's actually like rapping, rapping again. That comes out in June as well. So yeah, so just a few projects I'm looking forward to, and I hopefully you are looking forward to as well. But let's cap it off tonight with uh, the 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 bigums, uh, the one I really wanted to talk about on May 13th, not May 13th, yeah, May 13th, May 13th, yeah. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, five years. Uh, since we got a project out of Kendrick Lamar, finally dropped his uh, newest album, Mr. Morale in the Big Steppers. Oh man, <laughs> a lot to unpack with this album. Um, I guess just to start off, I I don't want to like build suspension. I already said spoiler alert earlier, but I absolutely love this album. I love this album. I've listened to it so many times since it's come out. Oh, I was already in my hand. I was stretching. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you have something to share with the class? <laughs> but yeah, uh, the album came out. It's 18 tracks. I know people are going to be like, Kyle, don't you like, don't like long albums? I don't. Unless it's like a concept or a theme being displayed very well. And that's what Kendrick always does. I think this one gets away with it by being two discs. That too. Yeah. But also, even if it was just one disc, I'd be fine with it. Like, I've always said, like, unless you're doing like some kind of concept or like, big strong themed album your album doesn't need to be more than like 14 tracks or something like that exactly uh but it worked it worked here because i think how many tracks was to pimp butterfly to pimp butterfly it's still my favorite kendrick lamar album hands down it's one of my favorite albums of all time uh to pimp a butterfly at first uh yeah because to pimp a butterfly is 16 tracks so, uh, but like, like I said, all of Kendrick's projects have a theme. Uh, this one was very like, uh, I want to say just baseline. This, this album was very much about, he released this album for him. I would say like listening to it as many times as I listened to it. This was for him. Like, you know, it's like experiencing like a therapy session, essentially. Like he gets very personal about a lot of topics and a lot of like feelings and reflections he's had on life. Uh, but before we get any deeper into like specific tracks, I want to just go ahead and talk about this because there's been a good bit of controversy with it. Uh, the song Auntie Diaries. We will not be deeply discussing Auntie Diaries because I don't feel comfortable talking about it because it, it, it's not something too straight 
men need to be talking about it, it, it's yeah. not for us yeah. i mean i think the the message of the song is for us in in terms of just like you need to understand like these people are people and need to be respected uh but like to have any further like strong discussion i feel like uh people within the lgbt community uh especially you know trans people this is this is their discussion not for us so we won't be talking about it one thing i do want to touch on is there has been yeah, of course an extreme amount of discourse and discussion about the song uh just to give people who haven't listened to the song some insight the song is kendrick uh talking about his trans uncle and trans cousin uh his experiences alongside them growing up and his experiences uh growing up and understanding like certain things he said and uh around them like certain words and phrases he used were very inappropriate and should not have been said you know like misgendering using dead names and the f slur which are all used throughout the song which is why there's a, a extreme controversy about the song there is an overall message as to why those are being used and by the end of the song like the perspective flips you understand the meaning and why he's he's grown from that and how he's expressing like yes that was extremely wrong uh but of course there's people who are saying like that's extremely inappropriate he did not need to be saying that especially with the f slur a lot of people thought he could have gotten his trans people too this is like there's a lot of trans people that love the song they think it's he's totally being a trans ally it's being very empowering they're talking about how like it feels good to not only be valued but represented and like a hip-hop song especially one done by like a big mainstream artist like kendrick uh, there's a lot of other people uh, in the trans community who are saying they don't like the song at all. They don't think he should have been using those words at all. He could have gotten the message across without using those words. And then there's people in the middle in the trans community who are very mixed on the topic. Like I said, I'm not speaking for them. This is literally what I've seen on Twitter, on Facebook, and like YouTube comments. Like there's people on all sides within the trans community who like the song, hate the song, are in the middle about it. Uh, think his heart was in the right place, but maybe his uh, he missed the mark. There's other people who are like, no, this is pretty solid. Uh, there was a I forget her name. I want to look up the article or the the thread again. There is a trans woman on Twitter who uh, she did a whole thread about the song, like breaking it down because she's like, I see a lot of people, you know, very uncomfortable with the terminology used, but I want to break it down and explain to you why he did that. And why I think the song is very empowering and supportive of trans culture. And people still in the comments are still saying, like, no, I don't agree with that. So they're, everyone in the community is agreeing and disagreeing with each other. This is a very touchy, sensitive topic. Which is why I don't want to, like, give any of my personal thoughts on it. Because it's not my place. Yeah, It's just straight up not my place. Uh, that's why I'm just talking about that first. Get out of the way. If you want to know more about it, you can listen to the song. You can see... The discussions online for yourself make your own uh informed opinion about it but i will say listen to the song before you just start listening to people's opinions form your own opinion first then compare see what other people have to say because there have been some people who have been saying outlandishly ignorant shit and they have not even listened to the song they're just listening to what people are saying about it listen to the song Exactly. If you're going to like say something about it. Basically, you should listen to the song and really just... If it makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. Yeah. 
if you see the other meaning behind it, that's also okay. Mm-hmm. It's it's not supposed to be like a like a woke song. It's not supposed yeah, to be it's, like a, it's not all rainbows and happiness. Yeah, you know? it's 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 him struggling with a weird concept of identity crisis, but not of himself, but yeah. with the people around him mm-hmm. and how he can how he can further himself as a better person to make the people around him more comfortable. Yeah. Realizing the error of his actions. Because a a lot of the baseline of it, too, is not the fact that he's like, oh, they're trans. It's like he was like, throughout the song, he's like perfectly fine. Like he he still loves his family. He just doesn't understand that certain words and and the way he says things are offensive to that community because it's also very much rooted in how... uh, the black community for decades has been just rooted in like homophobia and transphobia and how like kids grow up not understanding those concepts either because of those things. So it, it's, it's, it's to inform, it's to address the topic, but I understand it makes total sense why people are offended and they have every right to be because you know, there's trauma that goes into those ideas and those concepts, but uh, that's as much as we'll talk about it. Uh, like I said, Listen to the song, form your opinion, go online, see what people are saying on all sides, and and go from there. But uh, going over the rest of the album, uh, it, it does feel like an extreme therapy session because uh, it does seem like Kendrick actually did, you know, go to therapy. Like a lot of stuff happened over these five years. There's aspects talking about like aspects of cheating, uh, stuff that's happened in his family's past. Uh, feelings and emotions on certain topics and, and the songs explore that very deeply it feels very personal and the reason I think I like it so much is because it's because it feels very personal and the first Kendrick album I really really loved is To Pimp a Butterfly I've, I always liked Kendrick but when To Pimp a Butterfly came out and I, I remember first listening to that I was at Long Beach City College waiting for my classes to start chilling and I listened to that album, and it, it it heavily impacted my life. Like I love that album. That is one of my favorite albums of all time. Definitely within like the the top three. It's it's hands down one of my favorite albums of all time because it felt so personal, and it felt extremely like relatable in terms of like that feeling of depression and coming up out of it and growing. And this album also feels very personal. But just for different aspects, I feel like he's expressing things that he never before discussed. Whereas to Pimp a Butterfly was more so about like, you know, he got famous and these things didn't make him happy. And he still was in this depression and he still felt regretful about a lot of things. So it, it's just, it's personal again, but just for a lot of different reasons. And that's why I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've listened to the album like 20 times, like all the way through. Ryan's listened to a good few tracks. And then we listened to a few tracks uh, before we recorded, like uh, just some of my standout favorites. It, it, it's hard because all the tracks are great. Yeah, they're all good. <laughs> but uh, we had time to listen to the whole album, so I played uh, the opening track. Uh, what is it called? We all grieve, or uh, fuck, <laughs> I forget what the track is called. But it's it's powerful opening song. It's um, it's a united in united grief. in grief. There we go. Yeah, uh, it opens up, and 
he talks about you know it was like one thousand hundred like like that five year gap yeah a time like he's been going through something and it just opens up with this kind of just like this simple beat and he's rapping and then the beat changes up it gets way more intense and he starts getting into it and there's a lot of things he says there's like highlights uh he said i bought a rolex that i that i only wore once i bought infinity pools i never swimmed in i watched keen buy four cars in four months keen being his uh cousin baby keen you know because the family uh it moves in a circle it's just like there's a lot to unpack just in that opening track alone and it's just like phew once that beat drop hit like that beat switch up hit i was like oh fuck (laughs) like like it definitely set the tone uh on production alone like uh there's 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 a good uh, amount of people who also don't like the album who are shitting on it now look you don't have to like the album we all have the right to an opinion i definitely agree with that like i said i don't really i didn't like when i was talking about futures album i didn't really like it if you like futures album cool cool that is your right i i didn't really like it but what i will say is some of y'all are saying some shit that i'm just like well now you're just like lying <laughs> Like, uh, production-wise, I guess it's more opinion-based, but uh, there's somebody saying the production on this was, like, really bad. <laughs> and a lot of people, like, commenting on his post were like, but it's not, though. And he's like, yeah. oh, look at y'all. Y'all getting all sensitive. Like, this therapy session of an album is just like, no, we're disagreeing with you and thus memeing the fuck out of your post, nigga. <laughs> he's like, y'all don't seem to get what I'm saying. Go back and listen to To Pimp a Butterfly and then come listen to this. And I was just like... Pippa Butterfly is my favorite Kendrick album, and this, I argue, is kind of strongly becoming my second, and I probably compare these two the most. I don't think can, I'm yeah. just like, so, I mean, you might want to rethink that statement, my guy, because... Aye, aye, aye. This is a really good album. Yeah. Like, um, we know Damn was really popular, but I feel like this one has a... Even though Damn has more, like, sing- radio hits and singles, mm-hmm. it seems like, this one has... A stronger presence in mm-hmm. its in its sound, and it's and I get it. I I feel like because when To Pimp a Butterfly came out, it took time before like unifiably people yeah. saw it as a classic. And I think there was even a little bit of discourse with Damn too on that. Like a lot of people initially were like, I don't know, but it was a lot faster of a turnaround. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is gonna have that same like flip as a To Pimp a Butterfly. Like like a year from now like all those people that weren't really feeling they're gonna be like you know what you know that was actually pretty good because i remember a lot of people were not vibing they're like it ain't got no hits first of all that was a big cap to pimp a butterfly had hits all right was arguably like one of the biggest songs of that year uh if these walls could talk like like nigga yeah. you you heavy capping those yeah. <laughs> it's like bullshit and also people are saying like oh this album ain't got no hits cap Again, because first of all, when the album came, the album currently on YouTube, uh, I know like on other streaming platforms, it has millions of streams. The day it came out, it became number one on multiple streaming platforms in multiple countries. Uh, The videos currently, the the album on YouTube currently, almost every song has bare minimum of a million views. I think there's like maybe like two or three that don't. Yeah. And two of them are close to a million views. So it's just like... Uh, and then some of them have like two or three million views and then Kendrick yesterday just dropped an out al- uh, the music video for n95 another great fucking song that song that, is fantastic that that to 
You so, start off with United in grief and moving to N95, and you're like, oh, shit. Am I, am I wrong in feeling that this the song is kind of about, like, moving on from COVID? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of is. And, like, among other things, too. But um, yeah. the video came out, like, uh, this is, it's the 15th, right? The video came out on the 14th. That song already has, like, 6 million views last time I saw that video. Uh, right now, the video is sitting at 6.7 million views. It came out... It hasn't even been 20... It's been, like, a little over 24 hours. Yeah, but it's gonna have any hits. Uh, sound, like hit, sound like hits to sound me. Sound like you're already wrong, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, like, again, you don't have to like the album, but y'all just be out of pocket saying some outlandish things. This album is projected to sell, uh, I think, between, like... 325,000 to 350,000 copies first week with no physical copies. <laughs> like, nigga, this shit is successful. It's like, so what? Drake did 618,000. We're not fucking talking about Drake. Drake is one of the biggest artists in the world, period. Yeah. Drake consistently releases music. We're not talking about Drake. For Kendrick to be gone for five years with little to no social media presence, come back, not even like do a full like campaign for this album, just like, oh yeah, the album's coming out soon. Oh, here's the heart part five. And then like a week later, drop an album and it's already this successful. Yeah. Um, nigga, what the fuck do you mean this isn't going to be like big it's already big yeah it's already a big deal it's already being talked about <laughs> again you don't have to like it but nigga quit capping like like i wouldn't say future's album isn't successful because i don't like it it's been extremely successful he released the deluxe the monday the album the monday after the album came out which was also extremely successful and he's releasing a mixtape this year which is probably also going to be extremely successful I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't take the fact... That doesn't take away the fact that that nigga is making money. <laughs> like, good for future. <laughs> you niggas hate and then let your hate try to feed like, oh, well, this shit suck anyway. Alright, nigga. Whatever. Be Feel proud of your ride or die mentality. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> uh, track three, Worldwide Steppers. That was a good-ass song, too. Like, just yeah. like the, the story being... <laughs> People were like, damn, this thing, it was like the first time I fucked a white bitch. Yep. <laughs> first time I fucked a white bitch was... <laughs> you're just like, oh, The second time I fucked a white bitch was in Copenhagen. <laughs> I was like, this motherfucker. I flourished on them stages. They <laughs> thought I was racist. <laughs> <laughs> the first one, though, her dad was the sheriff. It felt like retribution because he put my uncle in jail. She paid for her daddy's sins. I was like, yo, this nigga is bugging. <laughs> I know. I put that song on right after I bought our 40s, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> the fucking the the what the fuck sample is so fucking perfect. So again, I'm like, "Y'all niggas talking about this production? This production fits so, it's so perfectly. Good. It's so good. Uh, but track, he doesn't need a lot. No, he doesn't need a lot. It just fits the theme. Yeah. Nothing. Ne it doesn't. Nothing needs to sound like to pimp and to pimp a butterfly." To a butterfly it sounds different from damn and damn sounds great those both sound different from good kid mad city good kid mad city sounds great that sounds different from section 80 section 80 sounds like all of these classic 
we can we can already say this nigga has not missed. And if you think he's missed with this, well, I mean, reviews and success-wise, uh, no, he hasn't. <laughs> like, he continues to, to, to win big. This album has been getting great reviews across the board. And I also want to point out, y'all niggas love pointing out how well the albums I think are mid are getting good reviews. But then when an album I like is getting good reviews, you want to shit on it. I'm like, okay, then your rev the, your good reviews don't mean shit either, then, nigga. Yep, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> like, so shut the fuck up. Just enjoy what you enjoy. Stop being a hater. <laughs> you just liking the album isn't you being a hater. You actually hating on this man's success is you being a fucking hater. <laughs> like, that's what being a hater is. Yeah. Anywho, track four, Die Hard. Love that song. I love the beat. Uh, I believe Blast was on this song. Yeah, Blast. He did uh, the, the, the hook, the chorus. Very nice, very smooth. Father Time, uh, That's that's been a big favorite amongst a lot of uh, fans of the album. That one was good. I didn't relate to it as well with the little old daddy issue story being told. Uh, whether it be like, you know, I didn't really care about not knowing my real father that well. And just like the overall, like, big overarching theme of it. I never really had that problem and experience, but he even touches down on that, like people who did it without a dad, good job like that. So it, it's a good song. It's a great fucking song. Uh, not to mention Kodak Black narrates over the course of the album. And a lot of people are like, oh, Kodak Black, isn't that, look. No, I liked big, it. I'm not a big Kodak Black fan either. He did the damn thing on this. Kodak's back. <laughs> he did a good job. He did a really good job. He does uh, track six, which is rich. The, the interlude very good job very well written like I, I was surprised like I did not think I'd be vibing to some Kodak Black ever in my life but here we are 2022 I'm vibing to some Kodak Black it kind of makes me excited for whatever he's gonna put out next yeah like I'm like gonna be a weird way. it's like when uh when 21 Savage re released a lot with like J. Cole yeah and I was like you know what I'm gonna listen to this album and I I think 21 Savage as an artist has grown tremendously and I actually like 21 Savage like so like maybe this will be a turnaround for Kodak people are like Kodak always been like that and I was like I don't know about all that I've listened to a good amount of Kodak's music to try to see if i enjoyed anything and i never heard nothing like that so <laughs> maybe show me something that i'm missing but uh track seven rich spirit i love the fucking hook on this song <laughs> bitch i'm attractive can't fuck with you no more i'm fasting <laughs> it's just like I, I fucking love it bro uh we cry together i just i was Aww. speeding through some songs just to get to Recry to together. That's a oh, that's a big that's one, a hard one. Uh, it caught everyone off guard. <laughs> it caught everyone listening to the album off fucking guard. It's a good fucking song. <laughs> it's literally an argument. It features Taylor Page. She's an actress, and uh, we got to give Taylor Page her flowers. She is so good. Shout out to Taylor Page. She fucking killed. She was she she. I don't want to say she made this song too because Kendrick did a damn thing on it too. Like that yeah. argument sounded so real. But man, bro, she killed it. She fucking killed it. Like the way her, she, the way she kept pace with the flow of the song and just the whole like flow of the, the theme of it and the discussion and the argument, and uh, like the way her voice sounded too. Like she sounded like her voice was almost hoarse, and I don't know if like that was intentional or they just been recording this for so long that day that her voice just got to that point and this is the take they had. 
but it she fucking did so good. Yeah. It is such an uncomfortable, unnerving thing, which is good because that's exactly what it should be. It felt so real. I, I played it because I was like, nah, we got to listen to this one to refresh because this one is... <laughs> and I, Ryan and I were talking about it. I was like, this sounds like an argument you would hear your neighbors having. And you're just kind of sitting there trying to like chill. You're playing your Xbox. But I think you're just like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I should have gotten a bigger dick. You're just like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, what'd you say? He's like, I should have fucked this bigger dick. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> Literally sounds like some shit you'd be like, God damn, what's going on over there? Yeah. <laughs> Give me my fucking keys. I'm gonna be late to work. No, today you go walk to this bitch. <laughs> I was like, yo. The way she said, Give me my fucking keys, bro. <laughs> no. You're just like, Oh, oh no. Shit. Give me my keys, bro. <laughs> yo, yeah, it's, it it's good. a good fucking song. Uh, it, that, that that meme worked out last night in a sense because I was playing Magic with a uh, Magic crew and that song came on and it was just kind of like quiet like it was kind of like you're just sitting there trying to play like a <laughs> card game in a fucking argument <laughs> <laughs> fuck you bitch no fuck you no, fuck you fuck you bitch fuck you and then they end up fucking yep. <laughs> fuck me and I was just like oh look at that American black love you love to see it uh, that leads in the, the track nine, Purple Hearts. This is my mom's favorite track. My mom loves Purple Hearts. It features Summer Walker and Ghostface Killer. Ghostface Killer. He from ain't the even dead yet. From the <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Ryan. That low-hanging fruit. It's like <laughs> such a great fucking line, though. <laughs> oh, nigga. Yeah, I know. Boondocks. Yeah. He's not even dead yet. yet. <laughs> Fucking from the legendary Wu Tang Clan. Uh, this song is beautiful. Shut the fuck up when you hear love talking, nigga. Uh, this this is the track that ends the first disc, uh, the Mr. Morel disc. Uh, they did the damn thing. Summer Walker did the damn thing. Ghostface Killer's verse was beautiful. Always love hearing Go Ghostface is such a talented artist, dude. I love Ghostface. Uh, yeah, he's really good. So that ends the first half. So then we move into the second portion, the big steps. Starting with uh, Count Me Out, and one thing I like about Count Me Out, uh, you hear like, oh, session 10, breakthrough, like the whole therapy session kind of thing. Uh, Count Me Out, so smooth. Love it, love it. And I love what it leads into when it leads into Crown, uh, with Kendrick saying, you know, he can't please everybody. And, and, and it's true, like, for a bigger sense, like, you can't please everybody. You, like, really can't. All the problems going on around the world, all yeah. the situations, all those things. So just to have Count Me Out and then like Crown like back to back was a solid way to start off the second disc. Uh, goes into track 12, we have Silent Hill. That's been a big popular one. I think out of all the tracks on like the, the album release on YouTube, I think that one has the most views. I think that one has like over 3 million. Uh, Silent Hill's features uh, Kodak Black on it. This is a good ass song though. This is Gabe's favorite track. Mm. He was talking to me about the album yesterday because he listened to it all the way through. Uh, is a really good song. Again, Kodak wasn't expecting a vibe to some Kodak Black, but what happened? I ended up vibing <laughs> to some Kodak Black. He was killing it, bro. <laughs> like, Who's that Pokemon? It's, it's Kodak Cod Black. <laughs> <laughs> it's gold up. Stressed out. Just like, can't, this is a good, niggas are like, you ain't got no hits. Silent Hill is going to be a hit. It already yeah. is. 
Silent Hills. Uh, I I do need a video for We Cry Together. I need one. Oh, that. Uh. I was saying like, imagine the video. It doesn't even show him and Taylor Page. It's just like all the various neighbors' reactions as they're hearing them argue. Oh. <laughs> like, like just random different neighbors around the neighborhood just hearing them yell, and they're just like, what? The it's fuck? either gonna be that or a less <laughs> funny uh, brain pillow talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> But I, I need a video for Recry Together. People are like, y'all not bumping Recry Together on the Ox. First of all, that's not the fucking point. Nope. <laughs> not everything needs to bump or have radio or a club play to be a good song. Yeah. Like, just need to understand its meaning. Yeah. Feel the emotion. There's a time and place for different music. I'm not hating on club music. I'm not hating on summer bops. There's a time and place for it. I love summer hits. I love some club club music sometimes yeah. like depending on the situation the vibe there's different music for different moods exactly. i'm not about to listen to kendrick lamar when i'm trying to be or i'm not trying to listen to mr morell and the big steppers when i'm trying to be in the happiest joyful mood i'm listening to the album now so much because it just came out and i really enjoy it and i'm digesting yeah. it but it's not like man i really need something to uplift my spirits let me yeah. play some mr no i'll probably play like fucking damn <laughs> Or the second half of To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> or the Black Panther soundtrack. Oh, yeah. My nigga got albums. <laughs> but uh, next track, we have another interlude, track 13 with Savior. This one was done by uh, Kendrick's cousin, Baby Keem. I love Baby Keem, personally. Uh, he had one of my favorite albums of last year. He did his official debut album, The Melodic Blue. You want to get started on the somethings? Yeah, we might as well. Yeah. This episode is... We're, we're like a little into two hours. Yeah. So. Figure the post show will be a little shorter. Yeah. So I was like, ah, we'll just crack Cut these. Into it, yeah. But, uh. I, I like Baby Keem. And, uh, people, people be hating on Baby Keem. Like, oh, no, like, Baby Keem can rap, bro. And this, this just shows it. Yeah. The Savior interlude, two and a half minutes. He was. <laughs> Have you ever seen your mom struggle in the kitchen while you're trying to do division? <laughs> I had your uncle rob you the day after Christmas. I was like, God damn. Those were the opening fucking lines, bro. <laughs> yeah, like ba Baby Keem got bars, bro. I like Baby Keem. I can't wait to see where else he goes. Right? Like, I I need I, I can't wait to, to see like that, that career flourish. Let me just, I, I just want to, okay. Yeah, he said, you ever see your mama strung out the, in the kitchen while you studied division? Your uncle ever stole from you day after Christmas? Seeing both of those in the county jail visits, the first and the 15th, the only religion. Ooh. Like, shit. nigga. Shit. <laughs> that was his open, those were the opening lines, bro. Because a lot of people were like, oh, the interludes aren't that good. I like the interludes aren't that good. Mm -mm, they're great. My nigga was killing this. <laughs> Oh, fantastic, bro. Like, and then he features on the official, uh, the, the non-interlude of, uh, Savior. Uh, he does the hook. Uh, I love this track, too, because it opens up with Kendrick saying, uh, you know, he was talking about Ken himself, J. Cole, Future, like, other people, but they are not your savior. Like, this, like, he was saying, like, we're, we're not saviors we're not here like yeah. like we're just doing our thing this and that making music yeah like like it's okay to look up and be inspired but like 
don't look to us to be the leader of your people like like we have all the answers like don't like, not he is not your savior yeah don't not kill yourself over an artist's music mm -hmm. use the artist's music to inspire you to find reasons to yeah. kill yourself like this artist saved my life it's like but that's you know don't put that responsibility on them yeah yeah let me just i just want to see the opening lines because i want to say it correctly yeah kendrick made you think about it but he is not your savior cole made you feel empowered but he is not your savior future said get a money counter but he is not your savior Braun made you give his flowers but he is not your savior he is not your savior like they're not your saviors yeah <laughs> it's good it's uh, setting up boundaries yeah you then never moves, see that. <laughs> moves in the Auntie Diaries for track 15. We already discussed about that. Uh, Mr. Morale. That beat. That When that beat starts up, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it, it was nice, man. It's it's a it's a good track. Solid all-around track. I don't have a lot, a lot to say about it, but I did really like it. Uh, but just because I want to get to those last two. Uh, Mother Sober. I don't know if you heard that. One. I haven't gotten to that one yet. That one is very fucking good. I uh, I don't want to spoil it for you because it's 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 something you need to sit down and just listen to. Okay. Especially like if you have headphones on, you're just gonna be like, whoa, whoa. This one, that one, it hits deep. It's very personal. It's very intimate. Uh, he's opening up about a lot, and this is the penultimate track. So it's just like, whoo, it's the longest track on the album too. It's six minutes and 47 seconds. And it's just like, God damn, yeah. like this man poured his heart and his soul into this project. And then we get to our final track, track 18, which is my favorite track on the album. Uh, it's Mirror, very good closing track. And the reason why I relate to it so much is it seems like the overall theme of it, like when he gets to that hook and he says, I chose me, I'm sorry. I chose me, I'm sorry, I chose me. Like he's he's picking himself in his own, like I need to solve my problems and do my thing. I'm not here, like I can't solve everyone's problem. I can't be out here for everyone doing all this stuff. Like I chose me, I'm sorry that I did, but I chose me. And when it gets to like that, that last line in the last verse, Sorry, I couldn't save the world, my friend. I was too busy building my own again. It's just like, fuck, dude. Cause I, like I talk about it all the time. I go through like a lot of anxiety and I do a lot of overthinking about a lot of different things. Cause I want things to be as good as they could possibly be or like, you know, damn near perfect. So it's one of those situations where I do tend to sit there for a long time and overthink things that I shouldn't be overthinking. Cause I try to juggle too much. And it's something I need to, like, you know, work on for myself and, like, uh, adjust and fix, of course. But it's just one of those things that, that happens to me because it just fucks with my anxiety so much that I'm like, no, no, no. I need to figure this out now. I need to get... I'm the type of person who doesn't like to kind of, like, sit and let a problem marinate, which would arguably probably, like, give me a better solution to the problem. I need the problem to be solved immediately just because... Yeah, I feel that way. I, I feel like it'll be better for myself and everyone involved in the problem but it takes a toll on you mentally uh and my girlfriend was talking about it too she like my girlfriend does tarot readings I, I think i've talked about it before and i guess she was just randomly doing cards for me 
and she it, it it's it's freaky how accurate this is because I don't she knows I have anxiety and then I could I tend to overthink but I never really talk about how like severe it can get like there's nights where I'm just sitting here like and I was like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be productive and I just spend two three hours sitting here not doing anything oh man like not doing a fucking thing we I'm are too, way too fucking simple yeah dude yeah, <laughs> you're just you're just too in your head and uh, she was just like what what is so like heavily weighing on your like your brain like that like it's like a lot <laughs> like and it, it's partially my fault it's partially something i can't control and it's just like you you spread yourself too thin yeah and it's something you know we're adults you have to work on it you have to find the help to work on it too and you can't be afraid to find the help but i think that's when why this struck a chord with me like especially that i chose me like you you, you got to look out for yourself yeah at the end of the day and I really like love that, and I love the sound of that. And uh, like when I wrote uh, "Selfish," yeah, like you, you great song. Sometimes you just you gotta be selfish. You gotta look out for yourself, bro. And you can't be afraid to say that. Like you first, you all, you over everybody. You always need to come first. I'm not saying be a selfish piece of shit, but I'm saying like if you feel like you can't do something. Let people know you can't do that thing. Let people know, like, hey, I'm stressed out. I can't do this. You know, I need to take time to myself to breathe. Like, don't be afraid to take care of yourself and your own personal, like, physical and mental health. Because it does take a toll on you physically. Like, sitting here overthinking for hours where I could have just probably slept. Yeah. And then you can't sleep. You're just laying in bed not being able to fall asleep. And, like... I'm like, oh, I could just take a cup of NyQuil and probably not get... I shouldn't be just drinking yeah. NyQuil for the sake of going to bed. Yeah, I used, <laughs> I used to do that a lot. Actually. I did too. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. And I got tempted to because recently I got... I had a cold. I got over it really quick. But, like, you know, it sucked ass at night. So I took NyQuil so I could go to sleep because I had my cold. I got really tempted to just take it just so I knew I could go to bed. It's just like, there's other things that could help with that. Maybe, you know, smoke a little bit. Uh, yeah. You smoke a little bit, lay down, relax. That's um actually one thing. I made a poor choice in uh, replacing it with drinking. Like, oh, uh, I need yeah. to have like two beers at least so I can fall asleep. Yeah, no, no, I said two. It's bad. Yeah, it, it gets it gets rough. Because eventually that doesn't help. Like, eventually you need more, and then eventually it just does not help. Yeah. Then you're just drunk and awake. Yeah, and you're <laughs> thinking about like the thing you did to like a poor. A poor person that did not deserve what you did to them. And you're like, man, if only there was a time machine. And then you're like, well, yeah, I, what, what, how can I work the time machine in my story? And you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I want to get back up and right now, but it's 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I should sleep. And you wake up and you're like, fuck, what did I remember? Yes, sir. If only I didn't spend so many hours wallowing, I could have just got to that point and written yeah. it. Yeah, it's rough, dude. It gets rough. But that's that's why I like Mirror so much. I think that's why it, it, it like resonated with me very heavily. Like the whole album is, is very deep and personal and relatable to a lot of different aspects. But like that one especially, I was just like from the moment like it like really hit that first chorus, I was like, God damn. It's, it's a good album altogether. Yeah. So uh What do you give it? <laughs> uh <laughs> This is this is this uh, is new this is new new breakthrough. So um, I, I already told Ryan it's a first. I already told Ryan this is our first one. This is our first official one. This one 
I'm giving, I'm giving a 41 ounces out of 40. Now you can agree or disagree with me as you will, listeners. We all have the right to our opinion. This is my podcast. So <laughs> I said I'm giving it a 41 ounces out of 40, which is our S plus tier, the E40. Uh, I know. I've been waiting for the E40 to so come. So technically, this is our first E40, but like I said, this is probably my second favorite Kendrick album. Uh, my first favorite album to be it would probably be To Pimp a Butterfly. That one, I probably rate a good 45 ounces. See, that's a... That's if a, we that's went a, back and rated it, I'd be like, yeah. That's, that a, that's a nice poured glass of scotch whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> to Pimp a Butterfly... Chef's kiss, start to finish. It's not even beer anymore. Yeah, it's 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 not even like a liquor known to man. It's like yeah. a godly drink. Yeah. <laughs> like no, it's it's like mead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. Oh man. Yeah, this one's very close. I think I want to like listen to all of Kendrick's discography again, like all that, like section section eighty, Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, to Pimp a Butterfly, the untitled, unmastered stuff that he was able to take unreleased, unmastered tracks that didn't have song titles and just make an album out of them is a feat in itself. Yeah. Um, damn. And then, of course, uh, Mr. Morell and the Big Steppers. But right now, um, To Pimp a Butterfly is still number one. Uh, Mr. Morell and the Big Steppers, very close second place. Uh, well, there's a gap 41 ounces to 45 ounces. Uh, number two, uh, Good Kid, Mad City, probably probably my three spot, my big three. Uh, that one's that one's a perfect horse. <laughs> um, Damn is 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 like thirty nine ounces. Mm. It's it's good. It's very good. I want that shit on tap. Uh, Untitled, Unmastered, I probably put like you know like 30, 37, 38 ounces. Same thing with Section 80, 30. I think Kendrick's discography. He has not missed. Kendrick Lamar is a brewery. Yes. Just. He is. Oh, we're giving our first brewery. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar is the first brewery of 40 ounce. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. That nigga has not missed ever over the overly dedicated mixtape stuff. Also, also, I want that shit on tap. All of it. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar is like the always the spring season stone mix pack because it always hits summer fall winter sometimes there's like one where it's like "Eh," but spring always hits for some reason kendrick is a goat he's he's made classic after classic after classic i don't care what anyone says that man is a goat he is one of the legends in hip-hop especially like modern hip-hop that we know today thank you kendrick lamar for just continuing to craft and create great music i would like to say please don't take another five years to make another album but bro take all the time you need to make another album because clearly it was worth the wait kendrick all the jokes i make about you sounding like a minecraft villager i hope you know are out of love they're funny as fuck (laughs) (laughs) the the kendrick memes are still funny as fuck i love kendrick bro (laughs) if you can't joke about what you love what's the point (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I remember I was like one time I was like <laughs> Same song. Oh man. A goat. A true I love goat. Him. Yeah. I love him. I love him. 
Also, this was his last album under the TDE label. Uh, Punch uh, tweeted, you know, congratulations, much love to all his success. He is no longer with TDE. This is his last album with the label. He has his own label now, BG Lang. Uh, so whenever we do get more Kendrick music, it will probably be under the PG Lang label. But, I mean, it's the end of a, a top dog entertainment era for Kendrick, you know? Yeah. And, again, my nigga ain't ever miss. Not one time. And just to see the growth and evolution. That's what I love. I love to see the growth and evolution of an artist. That's why I love artists like Tyler, the Creator. I love artists like J. Cole. I love artists, you know, like, like Chance, despite how y'all niggas feel about the big day. Uh, I love... And Kendrick, like, I love to see the growth and the evolution to, like, be able to evolve and change your sound, but still be you at your core. Even Pusha T. Pusha T rap about Coke all the time, but he can still evolve that into something new and touch on other topics while his core is still that. And Pusha T knows how to stay in his lane and, and stay in the pocket and ride it. So I'm not hating on you for rapping about the same thing. I'm just saying it's it's really cool to see that evolution constantly take place. Yeah. Also, I saw a tweet going around that was getting shared of this girl saying it's so it, she was pretty much saying it's so refreshing to see Drake release like non-conscious music. Um, OK, two things. One, it's perfectly fine if you don't like conscious rap. Again, yeah, that's all opinion based. But number two, how is it? How is Drake's music refreshing? He just releases pop rap music. Just gonna find There's a lot of rappers. That produce and release the same sounds or the same vibe as Drake's oh, music. It's just more the fact that Drake is popular. You're telling me that uh, Drake is equivalent to a cherry limeade on a hot summer's day? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he, he is not. Chris Brown is not. These oh. artists that do this shit... No, they are the fifth shot of tequila that you almost throw up while oh, you're at the club. God damn. That's what these artists are. Talk to these niggas. Yes, they're fun. <laughs> yes, you enjoy that fifth shot of tequila at the club before that you almost throw up. But you want to do that every day? I'm also going to go on the record and say I guess this is a perfect analogy because... I don't even like tequila. I would not be in that position, which is why I don't be listening to these niggas' music. Um, so. I love tequila, but I don't listen to these fellas' music. <laughs> but anywho, guys, that's going to wrap up the podcast. Two hours, 20 minutes. Not bad. Yeah. We'll just make a quick post show. Yeah. But much love to you guys. This is episode 106. Any closing thoughts, Ryan? You forgetting something? Oh, you know what, Ryan? I almost did, but it's on the podcast notes. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Ryan, you had me save maple-flavored nipples with funny hats. Mm -hmm. Why? Find out on the post show, guys. This piece of shit. <laughs> okay, now someone told me when it's coming That I could be a plushy cuddler with you or something A weighty blanket sipping chocolate neck and golden mumping A crunchy roll get cozy, my little story, what we watching I know that you ain't wanna start the combo. I see the way you look at me, the fireworks been starting Ruby red cheeks roasting marshmallows, how I feel this like it But Tashini wa koku haku ga arimasu Way up, 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 way up